If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. DraftKings Sportsbook, the, the crown, crown is yours. It's not, it's nice that you do the read with the yeah, we other do it host. together. That's yeah, really yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, on happy hour on this lone wolf. Damn, that's yeah, that's messed up. Oh yeah, baby, no lone wolves here, just wolf packs. That's what we're doing. And we're the two best friends that anybody could have today. It is I, Chris Sims, and Connor Rogers. What's up, man? How are you? It's Chris Sims on Button. It is the second Monday after the Super Bowl. But you know what that means? I'm starting to have a pit in my stomach and stress that I have a lot of film to watch. All right? It's hard. <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah, that's it's unsettling. Time is coming. Yeah. And that's why the magic man is here. Connor Rogers is here because, A, it's Monday. We will be traveling to the Combine later, after, uh, later this afternoon. And it's time to get in the draft. And nobody is going to teach us what we need to know to get going here better than Connor Rogers. So how we're going to work this out? I'm going to interview today. I'm I can't actually wait. enjoying this. I don't have to think a whole You're lot the host. other than questions yeah. and just some things I'm curious about. And you got to do all the dirty work. So how the tides have turned? <laughs> really, the turntables here, man. I'm so pumped to be back. I think it's been since July when that time of the year you and I talked about. I think we reviewed half baked. Right. Now we're actually talking about what 400 players for the draft. 400 so players. Things draft. really we didn't change. Have you on the regular season this year? I don't you didn't think come so. in for a week or Monday. Maybe here and there? maybe once. I think maybe you did. A couple or, times. Yeah. How and then quickly I gotta, you forget about Then me. I got to run to happy hour, and, <laughs> and we were laughing how uh, I have bullied the guys into doing the draft. Good, yeah. good. A little team camaraderie. Yeah. I call, once that I called them out on fucker, this show. Matthew Berry right. starting to join, join in now? I, I, once you do something on this show, it right. carries over. This is the leadership oh, show. Oh, I right like now. that. Yeah, you yeah. hear that, Matthew Berry? The this buy-in. is the leadership yeah. show. Okay? So it's been great, man. It's <laughs> been great. Good. All right. So you guys are working that out together, you and Jay Croucher and Barry Although we've been off for two weeks, so I don't know if the chemistry is going to carry the combo. Yeah, we'll yeah. see. We'll I see hear how you. it goes. Oh, I think you're uh, I have broke. And there it goes. There it is. All right. No worries. We'll get that um, back on deck. It's uh I'm like totally getting back in the swing. I actually was away in Turks and Caicos for a few Not days. Bad. It was great. It really was. Went there, you know, a few days after the Super Bowl, got away. Uh always good to see the the tropics, the Caribbean did that. But like slowly but surely starting to like read up on some of these guys. You know, I know a lot of them, at least the main names from from TV scouting, watching football during the year. Right. You called, you've called games. Called a few games. Got to see that. Certainly sit on the couch on Saturdays. Got a little feel for the conversations that are out there. And that's what gets me excited is just that, you know, what what is – what am I going to think about these conversations? What you know, or what am I hearing? Is it true, or yes. is this this early media BS, or somebody trying to pump people up? And that's where I kind of get excited to kind of start dig through these guys and investigate a little bit. Well, I think what's interesting for you too is that you probably, as much as you probably try to avoid it, hear things about these guys for six months or whatever it is. Then you dive in and yeah. do a big deep dive study all at once. Right. And 
not everything will be a false narrative, but yeah. you'll find things that as a former quarterback you see differently right. or you think there's an explanation why this narrative is created about this player, yeah, sure. but this is why. Right. So, uh, and obviously notorious for standing on your own rankings, not going with cons- consensus, which looking at how Stroud did last year, good for you. Well, that was good. So, yeah, that was a good one. Right. hundred percent. Sure. So, well, well the, the here, I'll tell you this too. I actually, during the season and stuff, Almost never talk about the draft. Right. Never. Like, I, mean, I don't, even, I don't even hear anything. Like, right. even when I talk to front office people and scouts and GM, it's still, even during the season, focused around the season. I don't really ever even, I don't let my mind go there. You know, every now and then I'll have somebody that ask me, like, hey, did you watch Caleb right. last night? Did you see Drake May last night? Right. And okay, yeah, it's quarterback and I'm watching football and I see it, of course. Yeah. But I'm telling you, that's about as far as it goes. It really does. I try to stay focused on the season when it's season time, and then I kind of compartmentalize and go, you know what, now it's draft time, right? I'm going to watch a lot of this stuff. And really, I'm one that's not going to talk to anybody in the NFL even before I start to watch the film. I don't want preconceived notions. Clean slate. I want a clean slate. I want to be able to watch guys – and then be able to have intelligent conversations with my friends in the NFL and go, hey, I watched this. What would you think about this? I like this. I didn't like that. Blah, 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 blah. And then we talk from there. It's I don't feel like I get the process. same info. Right. If I go, hey, tell me about this guy, right? Then they, it almost I think they feel like I'm cheating my homework or whatever. Sure. And I, I, don't, I don't play that game. So I, I got to go in with a little info myself. It's a way better process. This being such a big part of my year-round job, I start it in June and yeah, July. of course you do. So I get that clean slate then. Right. I watch all the narratives build up throughout the season. Some are true and some I don't agree with at all. So kind of like you, it's just the clock starts a little earlier it's the best way to go into it yeah. because you, you don't want to go and do an evaluation and think you have 60% of it done without ever starting. Right, right. That's the key. And, yeah, yeah. And, you know, we're going to do a lot of that today, and we're going to get to the combine. Well, here, and, let's start right there. Yeah. Give me – so, I mean, this is – I mean, we said it. I'm going to pepper you with questions. I have some conversations here about some guys. I know some stuff or, you know, have a little feel on some of these guys. But just start base level there. Like, what, what's what's the the narrative around the, the draft maybe right now or a player or yep. something – like one where you go, people are missing this, and then one where you're like, I don't know if I b- buy into this narrative quite yet. So I think it's starting to catch up a little bit, right. but for the longest time I couldn't figure out why people look at this gap from Marvin Harrison Jr., the colossal gap down oh, to Malik Neighbors. Okay. And I love Marvin Harrison yeah, Jr. Yeah, He's sure. been my number one player since the summer. He hasn't right. moved. Like, special, all that, this and that. But, but it does seem like other guys are getting talked about a lot more now. 100%. We're right. starting to have that gap close a little bit. In any other wide receiver class, maybe besides the one Jamar Chase was in, yeah. Neighbors is the number one guy. Right. He's the number one guy. Right. He just happens to be in a draft with a historically great wide receiver prospect that he hasn't gotten that love. So I think that was so a big So you think one. that's closer than than, yeah. than people? And how about a, like the kid from Washington, Romeo Dunze? Like, is he... He's not quite in the class of those I put two, him in a different tier. Okay. I put him in okay. a different tier. And he's you. really good. Yeah, yeah. But he's just not – Right. The movement skills are not the same. It doesn't seem like it to me. When right. I see things about him, and I know we'll hit more on the, the wide receivers in a second because I want to ask more questions, but just basic thought there. You know, I, I did – like you said I announced some games early in the year. Yeah. I did Washington. Odunze is very, like, impressive. 100%. But when I see him, like, top 10 player in the draft – 
top 10 pick, I go, wait, I, I didn't see that. Right. I, didn't, I don't feel that. I feel like it's a guy who's polished, got good size, got good speed, but not like, wow, Game top breaking. five, top yeah. eight kind of guy. That's what I – so I'm a, I've am been surprised to see that, and I guess you you feel the same way. 100%. Okay, I actually right. have a group where, you know, maybe you want to put Marvin his own tier and then right. neighbors, but then Adunze with Brian Thomas Jr., the other LSU wide receiver, yeah. I think he's a top 15 player in the draft. Ooh. And, and you just – he doesn't get discussed because Malik was his teammate and he's right. going out high. Jaden Daniels, name again? Say Brian, Thomas, Brian Jr. Thomas Jr. Brian Thomas Jr. Yeah, okay. uh, just freakish, six foot four. He's right. going to run probably low four threes. Gotcha. Jumps through the gym. I mean, in his state championship high school basketball game, he was the player of the game. So this is an athlete that yeah. looks different, right. has that different. And as much as everybody loves Jaden Daniels, and I get it. They left a lot on the field for this guy mm-hmm. with some hanging deep balls yeah, right. where his numbers should have right. been even bigger. Yep. Another one, a good transition right there, is I have Penix and Jaden Daniels in a tier together. Yeah, right. I don't see it. You know, I have Caleb Williams and Drake May higher. Right. But then Penix and Daniels, to me, are tiered right together where everybody has Daniels as the number three pick in the draft. And yeah. a lot of people are like, well, Penix is a day two guy. Right. And they're very different. Yeah. So you can't discuss them that way. But yeah. in terms of quarterback prospects, I think Penix is the best pocket passer in the draft. Yeah. I do. Now, it doesn't mean he has the highest ceiling. It doesn't mean he's the best. You know, the guy you take top five. The medicals are a big thing at the combine, although I expect them to go better than people think. But I think he's the most complete pocket passer in the draft. And if you're comfortable with him medically, there is no reason why you shouldn't take him in the first round. Yeah. All right. So when you see – all right, so here you go. Here's Connor Rogers' big board right here. Uh, Here's 11 through 20. You got Jaden Daniels at 20, Penix at 19 right above him. Those are your only quarterbacks there in that tier. And then I'm guessing you got the other two guys in the top 10. Yeah, right Caleb Williams, area. third overall, right. Drake May, sixth okay, overall. Okay, all right, cool. So, so they're up there, so as you see right here. You look at that, and okay, so now I'm going through here. You, you're you saying early you're expecting four first-rounders, or do you think a Bo Nix sneaks in there? Easily. I, Caleb Williams and Drake yeah, May right. and Jaden Daniels and J.J. McCarthy, okay, they right, will go sure, in the first round. Right. The question is, will they all go in the top 10? Right. And there's, I'd put the odds higher that they do than wow. they don't. Wow. And then the question is, can Bo Nix make it in? Yeah. Some people think he can. Can Penix make it in? That one's a I little, think it's going to be close. It's going to be really close. Happen, I would right. not call that right. favorable yeah. right now. And then I, I don't expect this to happen, but you'll hear buzz about Spencer Rattler. Yeah. You'll, he'll probably right. go round three, maybe round two, right. but you'll hear the buzz. Finished his college career on a strong note. He did. Definitely. He matured right. a lot. Right. He's done a lot of things for himself. He's still a smaller quarterback with some turnover problems. But, I mean, the fact that we could even have the discussion, Chris, about seven guys in the first round-ish conversation yeah. shows where the strength of this class is yeah, in position. I, I, I mean, so that's, yeah. that, to you, is the key to the draft, right? Is I think the, so because right? of the – there's two things. One, so many teams need quarterbacks. Yeah. Two, now everybody's trying to get one early because of the belief to try to sit a guy a little bit. So everybody's right. trying to be a year ahead. And then this is thinking way too far ahead, but this is the world I live in. People don't think next year's class holds a candle right. to this one. Right. They just don't. So you think there's going to be a little desperation to make something happen this Do year? Do it now because right. like if, think about it if you're the Giants at six. Yeah. Okay, so Daniel Jones has one more year guaranteed money. Right. You still haven't taken your guy if you're Joe Shane and Brian right. Dable. The Giants should not be picking in the top 10 next year, mm-hmm. no matter what happens. Yeah. This was a colossal disappointment this right, season. Right. If you think you're not going to be picking in the top 10 next year and the quarterback class isn't nearly as good next year, you should have your scouts a year ahead. Yeah. Not all teams do, but they probably do. Then well, how does that make you feel this year? I mean, I would love the Giants to take a wide receiver or something more explosive for the offense, but they have to be thinking 
man, maybe there's a part of us that if we don't do this now, what is our solution under center long term? Yeah, no, I, he's the Giants are one of the wild cards of the draft. Completely. I, I think for sure. And I, I don't. If you made me bet right now, I'd go. I don't think the Giants will take a quarterback. Neither that would do be my I. Bet yeah, you know. Again, I still think Daniel Jones is looked at favorably within that organization, sure. and they think they can win. And I think part of what Dayball took the job because I've heard some of those things too. And I'm not saying you're wrong. I don't have an inside info, but I do know going back to Dayball taking the Giants' job, there was a love of Daniel Jones before that, right? right. He had evaluated Daniel Jones coming out of Duke and thought the world of him already. So. You know, I think he's in bed with them. Now, of course, yeah, last year wasn't smooth. Things didn't go smooth, but I think Brian Dayball could probably point at himself for that a little bit as well. So we're sitting here looking at NFL draft order right now. All right, we're looking at teams that need quarterbacks. I mean, we hit the Giants, right? We got Atlanta, the Commanders, the Bears. New England. New England, right? Then uh, 11 through 13 is what everyone has their eye on right now. Because I don't think the Bears and the Commanders pick up the phone. I think they just sit there, Caleb Williams and Drake may go off the board. Right. I, I don't even think it's interesting at this right. point. And maybe I'll be wrong after the combine. New England's fascinating. Nobody knows not, what they're going to do at three. I'm not like sold on your Drake May definitely being two. Yeah. That's true that, too, that, that, and that could be say, that could be right? Jaden Daniels. Right. Uh, that that it, to 100%. me, one hundred percent. On my first look, yep. Right. And and again, Connor, I'm not trying to you know put your rankings down. I was just having a you conversation. Know me, you've known me long enough that but, none of that matters right, here. Because like I look at Drake May and I see some things and go, wow, right? Uh, I see some too that, like I told you, I was watching a little yesterday where I go, hmm, you know, I wish he was a hair more athletic. Yep. I wish his arm – or I, he misses a few throws he, that I wish he wouldn't miss at times. Which are hard to explain. And they're hard to explain that's for the, a guy that's biggest hang up like has me. good mechanics 100%. and things, and you're like, wait. Sees the middle of the field well. It just really doesn't does. make the throw sometimes. Right, it's right. Strange. And Jaden's kind of a unicornish, right, in the fact of how he's built, how he runs, right? He does really control the ball well. Now – you know, it's not a wow, oh my gosh, he throws lasers all over the Agreed. field, right? And it doesn't, not the greatest spirals in the world either. You know, but then again, I've seen guys like that fix those things and, and I've seen guys fix the things Drake May has. So that's right. going to be interesting to me. It's the hard part of all this. I think, I think Jaden has the weakest arm of the top six quarterbacks. Right. But I think there's so many other things that he does better than all of yeah, them. Yeah, right. Like, I love the release. Yep. I love the touch throwing. Yep. And his ability, not as a scrambler, as a runner yep. with the football. It is special. It's special. It it's is. The, it's far and away the best. Yeah. And I, it's I, translatable. It's not a college runner. It's an NFL runner. I, I would agree. As long as I, he doesn't get himself Daniels killed. going to be able to run around yeah. the corner and run for 60-yard gains in the 100%. NFL. 100%. He will be able to do 100%. that. 100%. Caleb Williams, on the other hand, is the best scrambler of the group. But, yeah, maybe not going to make those type of runs and all that. It's like how Russ runs, so, Caleb. Yeah. A yeah, little bit. Yeah, where it's a like, little bit. Not nowadays, but old, old, old Russ. Russ. I hear you. Yeah. I mean, there's some thickness and some real yep. power to it. When you, you know, do you get a feel? It it seems to me that Jaden Dan, I mean, uh, not Jaden Daniels, Caleb Williams is, like, in a class of his own. It's viewed that way. I think so. A lot of people want to get in front of him in Indy and just ask what went wrong this year. Right. Because the bar was set too high. Yeah, He won course. the Heisman two years ago. Right. He was supposed to be unstoppable this year. That defense on USC literally could not stop could a peewee team. Could not stop anything. Yeah. The offense stinks, too. It, and I'm it's not, not a called, fan of that offense. Not it's at basic. all. I mean, that, way to go, Commanders. You got Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. One, uh, <laughs> I just I don't get it. I don't get that offense. I no. don't. I'm not a fan of it. It's tough to watch. It is. Honestly. Uh, but I have the sense that you do, right? Like I said, just early watching, just because like, I wanted to watch some guys and get a feel for it. 
I, I, I don't know. I think everybody's playing for second in the quarterback conversation. That would just be my early look. I don't think this is going anywhere. I think Caleb Williams is clearly the number one pick. Again, I'm going to reserve judgment a little because I haven't dove in all the way here yet. But, man, after first look, it's hard not to go, whoa, this guy's arm's on a different level. All the releases are on a different level. The side-to-side movement and quicks that way are on a different level. He got lost a little last year. Yeah. Yeah. Pressure, expectations, right? He probably too much trying to put things on his shoulders, win the game that way. It caused him some bad habits and some stupid decisions, right? And you might have to deal with that a little bit in his college. I mean, early on in his NFL career. But, man, I don't know. The talent as a pure thrower, you know I'm always a sucker for that, right? That, to me, it, it stands out compared to the rest of the group. It's absolutely effortless, yeah, the throwing. It is. And when you go back and watch 2022, he was as good as I've seen against pressure for a college quarterback. Right. As good as I've seen. It tailed off this year because I think he went out there thinking, I have to score 70 points or we're going to lose. Right. And I think, and this is a good question for you as a quarterback, doesn't that completely change your mindset pregame going, well, we're going to give up 50 today, so I'm going to have to do some things that I wouldn't do in a better situation? I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think that's where, you know, I feel like you're, you know, as we watch film and go through that, you're going to have to keep that in mind a little bit, that this is a guy that's so super talented yep. that he thinks, hey, I, I can keep us in it no matter what here. And, yeah, he lost his way a little bit there. And then, of course, I don't think they helped him a whole lot either. And, you know, managing football games, they put him in a ton of situations where it was kind of like, hey, save the day. 100%. Keep trying to save the day. Oh, you threw an interception? Yeah, it's bad for you. But we, you got to go out there and, you know, push the envelope more because we have no chance to win the football game. Um, all right, so we get to the quarterbacks there. All right, any other teams you look at there that are a key to the top 10, top 12 that really pop out to you to go, ooh, wow, you know, I'm interested to what they do or how they handle this whole situation? So 11 through 13, the Vikings, Broncos, and Raiders, I think everybody is wondering which of them will be the most aggressive to come up for a quarterback and if they have to. Because they're all kind of pinned against each other, right? The Vikings, we need to see what happens with Kirk Cousins in free agency, although – I don't think that completely takes quarterback off the table for them, even if he came back. The Broncos, Sean Payton absolutely wants one. Yeah. Every, it's been the worst kept secret for months. And the same with the Raiders. I mean, you got to think with Antonio Pierce, and he probably won't have this opportunity, but Antonio Pierce coached Jaden Daniels in high school, yeah. recruited him right. to Arizona State. Right. I mean, he's clearly a big fan of yep. Jane Daniels, the player. How high can the Raiders go? Is the que- like will New England answer the phone at three? Can control what this Man, draft this looks like. This is the problem like? with the Raiders. Yeah. Yes, they're, they're they no might just land. be too far out. They might be too far this out. This is why they, you know, I was one to argue last year. They should have made a move to quarterback last year. Last year was the move. It was the time to do it. And they sat there at what was that seven, mm-hmm. right? And left themselves in no man's land. I Took guess they Tyree didn't Wilson. like Will Levis and didn't feel good about that. So, uh, yeah, here they are stuck in a situation now that's worse than last year. And you're right. You're right. I don't know what they do there. So that's the little range you're looking at right now. Do you go? That's really interesting. And those guys got to make some plays. I'm not the Vikings thing. I do think if they sign Kirk Cousins, it'll be probably a two or three year deal. So and they won't look at QB. Yeah. Right. They'll let it ride out. Right. You're they're trying not gonna to win in that. They're going to try to win with him make him feel comfortable one last hurrah O'Connell and Kirk Cousins but I'm with you there I think with the Broncos and Raiders certainly uh definitely and hey I, I mean I don't even you know the Saints are another team future quarterback whatever I don't think it at 14 but they gotta have that on their radar for sure they All do right. they restructured car yeah so right. it makes me wonder like you said Chris do you look at a day two guy that knows he's gonna sit yeah uh-huh. because at 14 
it feels like that guy comes knocking on the door early and, and Carr's money, it feels like he's there for the next two yeah, years. Yeah, it, it does feel like he's there for the next two years. I guess this is where we start to get into the range and do we get on some sort of run here Right. and where, okay, now does a Michael Penix or a Bo Nix come out here? That's what I'm going to be interested as I dive into this a little bit more and start to get a feel for this. Are they worthy of those type of picks there Right. in that area? And with situations like that, you know you've been in these rooms – when the coaches get involved in scouting, which is typically now, yeah, it's is done, when things can change. Definitely. Where definitely. not everybody knows everything right now. No. All it takes is one offensive coordinator that goes, we're going to win with Bo Nix. Right. I don't care if we take him at 13 or whatever it yes. is. We don't get, we're going to win with Bo Nix. If that coach is out there, then Bo Nix is going to go yeah. early. Yeah, no. It's, 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 we're getting, I don't even think the coaches are in there yet. I don't even think the coaches no. are at to the draft stuff. They're, They're still not in even going to the combine mode, anymore. Right, right now, exactly right. So you're right, that'll come out as the time goes on a little bit. And that's no down, you know, no down talk to scouting or whatever else. Right. Scouts get the, the base premises there. And then the coaches, the offensive coordinator, the quarterback coach, they start to sort through the weeds and go, ooh, I like he does this. I don't like that he does that. And it becomes more of a collaborative effort here in the next few weeks as an organization to start to go, wait, you know, I know we had this grade on him, but the quarterback coach and the OC see this, and now we're going to bump that grade up, and that's where, oh, he's hot, he's a riser, whatever else, blah, blah, blah. Um, all right, other than what I want to ask you about, uh, position heavy, right? What's what's the position of this draft? This wide receiver. Wide receiver. Wide receiver. It's I, that I did deep. A, yeah, I did a top 75 in January. I had 14. Wow. And this, I don't think I've ever had that happen. And I, so it that made me step back. a few years ago where – 21. 21, Chase, right? Waddle. Yeah, right. That was a really good group. There was a lot of day two players come yeah, out. Right. But this one, it's everything. It's t- It's got the blue chip at the top, Marvin Harrison Jr., Malik Neighbors. It's got the depth in the first round with yeah. Brian Thomas Jr., Roma Dunze, Troy Franklin from Oregon – but then you get into day two, and it just feels like starter, starter, starter all over again. Right. It's it's insane, and it's got speed. It's got slot players. It's got every kind of flavor. When I finished that top 75 and had 14, I, I double. I'm like, is this – am I just far ahead on the wide receivers, and have I caught up to everywhere else? But you go through it, and a lot of people doing rankings around the, the league and media, they're finding the same way. Yeah. It's just a great wide receiver class. And these guys are going to fly in Indy. They're yeah. all going to fly. When is it not a great receiver class? It feels now. that way. It's kind of it's growing on trees. You it's, know, I think you've heard me say that before. It's it's seven on sevens played a little into that. Everybody wants to be a wide receiver. I mean, even years that are down at wide receiver, they're still, still good. good. You're still going, wow, this guy's a third rounder. That He's was last a lot. year. It was last year, right? Yes. I, mean, I know. Yeah. I mean, the Tank Dells, the Rasheed Rices of the world. Right. Right. I mean, Puka you Nakua, obviously Jaden exactly Reed. right. It was ridiculous. So ridiculous. You know, I mean, me included. Maybe we undervalued the last last year's yeah. class. Uh, it, it's inc- all right. So, what's another position? Any other position to you that's uh, real heavy in this one? Tackles really good. Tackles which really is, good. Thank God. Yeah. Right after what we saw this year, right. quarterbacks murdered yeah. left and right. Yeah. It, we needed a tackle class like this. Uh, just Joe Alt's going to go in the top ten from Notre Dame. Clearly the number one guy for, for the me. Most part. Yeah, I think yeah. you'll get some debate. Right. But I mean, he's six foot eight. He plays under control. What shocks me when you think of a guy six foot eight and at three year starter got yeah. there as a freshman. Right. And started right away. McGlinchey-ish here. Are we talking? Maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Without okay. a doubt. And McGlinchey, did he play on the right side all Notre Dame? I can't oh, remember mm. at all. I know he hasn't in the NFL. I know, yeah. That, that's what I'd have to call. But same, skyscraper. Right. What shocks me with Alt, though, is for 6'8", you think, okay, how is he going to be on the move as his own blocker? Yeah. Tremendous. Right. I mean, strike hits every strike zone, climbs to the second level. He's got good reach. 
He is really, really impressive. And he can anchor in there, too. 100%. And he could get off the ball and drive block. Okay. I mean, when you think of that size, you hope that he can, right. but he, he could well, play Notre low. Well, Notre Dame offensive linemen are typically well-rounded. 100%. Right? Coach-like pros. Yeah. It's definitely like a SEC school as far as how the O-line is taught and what they do. Uh, I've always respected the offensive line for Notre Dame. They've got an eye for that talent at that school, and it's it's one of those schools every year where it seems like there's two guys that come out of there where you go, damn, he's an NFL player for sure. And he's played over 2,000 snaps already, right. and he's not an old prospect. Okay, so who's on his heels? Who? Oh, so when you say tackles deep too, like you're talking deep first round talent. Wink will get six first you think round he tackles. You get five or six yeah. first round. All yeah. right, because then you go to Olu Fashanu from Penn State, right. who's a little bit more raw. Yeah, he is. He is he's not got incredible a, looking body. Uh, built TV in a lab. scouting. Right, built it looked like the, exactly the, what the you arms to look and hands like. go right. down to the ground. Right. The feet move like a tight end. Yep. He can recover, redirect. His run blocking is a work in progress. It got better this year, yeah. but it is not, in my opinion, NFL above average or right. average. But right. the pass protection yeah. is a thing of beauty. Right. I mean, you, the only game, and everybody blew this game up because it's it's like when you watch a, a great corner get beat, everybody has to viral clip him. Like, oh, my God. He got beat against Ohio State, what, two times, and everybody thought it was the end of the world. That's right. how good he is in pass pro, that right. you highlight those moments. And he's a guy that football came to his life pretty late. He was yeah. playing basketball, played high school football really late. So he's only a two-year starter. I think people forget that he's going to get better. Yeah. He needs to play more. But right. the pass pro, I mean, how vital pass pro is in this league, that alone makes him a top 10 pick, Definitely. in my opinion. Yeah. Then you get to the group of Taliza Fuaga, oh, a lot of right tackles now. Okay. So those two are left tackles. Right. Then you get to the other first-rounders that could go in the top 15. Taliza Fuaga from Oregon State. Gotcha. Best run blocker, I think, in the draft. Okay. Just destroys people. Right. Destroys people. He plays with an edge. He's got really heavy hands. Nobody can rush through him, but they do cross his face. He, These two guys, him and J.C. Latham, they don't bring their feet with them all the time yeah. in pass protection. Right. And they, they lunge, yeah, and they're lean. big. They're right. big. Latham's 360. Fuaga's going to play closer to 340. Okay. So when you lunge at that weight, it's hard to pop yeah, back redirect, up. Where sure. you watch Fashanu... I mean, he's springy as they come. Yeah. Where you're just like, oh, this guy can mirror any way you want. But what you get with Latham and Fuaga is you can run behind them 40 times a game. Gotcha. And they'll just completely relocate people. Gotcha. So they're going to go in the top 15 because of that. The wild card, Troy Fontenelle from Washington. Yeah, right. I, play, I mean, yeah. Got a played, good close look yeah. at him early in the year. Played left tackle. Yeah. Kind of has a guard body. Yep. Although his arms aren't as short as people think. Right. And they'll see that at the combine. Right. I think he could play. He's it's the Elijah Vera Tucker conversation yeah, all over again. You. He'll be fine at tackle. Yep. Probably be a Pro Bowl guard. Yeah. Where is he going to go? Right. How high is he going to go? I think he's going to go in the top twenty. Okay. And then you get these guys that are like Tyler Guyton from Oklahoma, one year starter at right tackle. But if you want the closest thing athletically, physically gifted to Fashanu, it's him. Right. I mean, it's all there. And then you go down to the Senior Bowl, highly competitive. So. Uh, just well coachable and into getting better and into every rep where you're like, okay, I believe in the development Yeah, because he's just so about football that all those physical gifts with the work ethic are going to translate. Yeah, yeah, sure. But do you just throw him out on an island from day one in the NFL? I don't know if I yeah, do that. Right, right. I think the hand placement is a little all over the place. I think he can get a little bit stronger. But he's going to go in the first round because he's just physically gifted. There are guards, centers, anybody else in this that's yeah. a, like a shoe-in, a lock here? Who are we talking about? Yeah, Jackson Powers Johnson from Oregon, okay. first-round center. Gotcha. At 330-pound center. Wow. The last the last guy I remember like that was Frank Ragnow, yeah. who's been great for the Lions. Right. But just a burly center yeah. that you can really have him drive people off the ball. But right. he can, he's athletic. He can move at that size. 
So, and it's weird. We've had the era of the small center. Like Linderbaum coming out was kind of small. We've yeah. had some small centers. Right. Um, who the uh, the Eagles drafted? Jergens. Yes, right. One hundred percent. This is not the case with right. him. Zach Frazier from West Landon Virginia. Dickerson, I guess, is what you're talking. Just here. a big, bigger, nasty, one hundred percent. Root people out of the run yep. game. Nose tackles, no problem. One hundred percent. So Zach Frazier from right. West Virginia. I mean, he's a four-time state champion wrestler. So just the wrestling background on the offensive line is one of the most translatable things right now. Frazier uh, is the guy who got hurt at the end of the year, so he missed the Senior Bowl, but. He to me is a borderline first round talent that probably goes day two. Okay, and, right. and just really impressive has played a ton of Damn. football. Yeah, this so is the way a good you're group. talking here. The O line, we're, we're going to see five to eight guys in the O line go in the first round. Is what you're saying? Yeah, Graham Barton from that. Duke can play all five spots. Right, probably plays center. Right, he's going to go in the first round. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable. And the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. You might not think that a few simple words could make you crave McDonald's breakfast sandwiches. But if you listen closely to the sound of me saying... McGriddles, McMuffin, you might be wrong. Okay, all right, so let's switch it over just a little bit. Running back, we got any running back that's a first-rounder this year that's in that conversation? We might not have a second-rounder. Okay, because I was going to say, I don't don't hear anybody or anything, any buzz about anybody. We might not have a second-rounder. I like Braylon Allen, the big Wisconsin bruiser. Gotcha. Because... When a dude is he's twenty, yeah, and he's already six yeah. three, two hundred forty pounds, right. runs through people. Yeah, it's I think made for NFL football. Made for NFL football. Right. I, I believe in the talent. Right. I would take him at the end of the second round. I think. Yeah, but man, after that, it's just a lot of guys that you go, okay, I like him in our committee. Yeah, Blake Corum, Trey Benson. You know, right. I like them in our committee. Yeah, they're going to be fine NFL yeah. players. But think of the guys that are special: Bijan, Gibbs, Brees. They were all drafted in the top forty. Yeah, they touch the ball and everybody goes. If we, he could be gone. Right. I don't see someone in this class that scares me like that. I don't that. remember seeing anybody no. all year in college football that was no. like that, the running back. Donovan Edwards from Michigan went back to school. Yeah. He would have been the closest thing to a Gibbs player. He's right. not Jameer Gibbs, yeah. but that guy that, oh, go I, the hole's gone. The Let me just bounce outside right. and I'm gone. Yeah, that yeah. kind of guy. But he went back to school. All right. All right. I think he should have. That was probably I good. think so, too. Get a year without Blake Corum. Show us all what you can go. Right. Improve your stock that yeah. way. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think he's a guy that's dealt with some knee issues as well. So that that'll hopefully he can get that right and be yep. healthy for that. All right, I, I, we didn't even hit on defense yet, and I want to <laughs> hit on some defensive guys yeah. here, right? Defense deepest position that to you you think so far? I think corner, corner. I think it's deep. Seems I, like I see a lot of corners in the first round conversation. I don't think there's a star in right. this 
right. corner class. But I think there's a lot of good starters. Gotcha. I think the biggest conversation will be around Cooper DeGene from Iowa. Yeah. Because there's already because he's white. I, I mean, right? I mean, what? I mean, come on. I, let's let's just call it what it is. Like. I mean, first off, the corner last year from Iowa, what was his name? Oh, uh, he was white too. I was like, Riley, who the fucking uh, who has two white corners in college football? Right. right. What year is this? Nineteen sixty-four. I know, and I they mean, were both from the same program, and pretty, pretty incredible. It unbelie- really is unbelievable. Riley Moss. Riley Moss. That's, that's right. Right. Yeah. right. Incredible movement. Really good athlete. All right. So this kid, though, you think this is the. You're not saying he's the best, but he's going to be the one that's going to get the most attention. I think attention. he's the best corner. You do I'm think not he's afraid the best. to say okay, it. Okay, okay. Because everybody goes, oh, well, he plays a lot of off coverage and uses his eyes and awareness. And, yes, he's amazing Yeah, at that. it's Iowa. They play that that's way. That's how they play. Right. It's not his fault. Right. He. I mean, I think if he was healthy and was going to run at the combine, I, I genuinely think he ran at least a 4-4. He could fly. He's not slow. Mm-hmm. I don't know where we come up with this thought that he's slow. Well, he's white. Right. He can open up his hips and run. Yeah. The ball hawking ability. If a team takes him and goes, we're going to play him more as our chess piece defensive back. He'll right. be a big nickel. He'll play some safety. He'll play some corner. I, that's fine because his ball hawking is unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, he catches everything. He's dangerous with the returning. Okay, but you know me. Do you think he can be on an island and play some man-to-man? I think he can. You think he can yeah. do that, yeah. right? That, I don't think, to me, is like. It's not like the guys, though, that we've had, like Witherspoon, yeah. Sauce. People saw Stingley that way. Right. It's not. It's not that level yeah. to me. That's why I don't think this corner class has the blue chip at the top, top. Gotcha. But you have this run of guys that are all going to go in the first round. Right. DeGene. I like Nate Wiggins from Clemson a lot. Okay. He's 6'2". He's lanky, but he can run. He could jump. I mean, it's he Clemson. can fly. It's I Clemson know. athlete. Clemson looks like they 100%. always got guys that can cover. I would say the guy that could end up being the best on the on an island with yeah. more development is Terion Arnold from Alabama. Okay. He's athletic. He's got strength. Right. Uh, same with Quinion Mitchell from Toledo. Another guy. All they did at Toledo in college is play off, 10 yards off. But he yeah. went down to the Senior Bowl and got his hands on people, yeah. and nobody can get away right. from him. So it opens up some Mitch- eyes. And Mitchell's going to test really well, so he's going to go in the first round. Mitchell is a dark horse to be the first corner taken. A kid from Toledo. Gotcha. Which is pretty amazing. That isn't But good. he's a dark horse to be the first corner taken. Who was the taken. kid you said from Alabama? Terrion Arnold. Terrion Arnold. Because his teammate, Kool-Aid McKinstry. That's the one I always hear about. He, it's going to be really interesting what he runs right. this week. If he passes that test in the 40, he can go in the first round still. If he runs a little bit of a slower 40, like some people think, it's going to be day two for gotcha. him. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. So corner, that's corner. Any other positions that you think are deep like that or even rival that on the defensive side of the ball? <sighs> it's tough. I think that... Edge has some players. I mean, obviously, the guys that are going to go in the first round, like Jared Verse from Florida State, power rusher. Right. Dallas Turner, athletic, can move him around, do a lot of different things. He could play off Number the ball. Number 15 at Bama. Yeah. Right. He's somebody that is going to go got in the first incredible round. incredible-looking body. He And he got so much stronger this year. Right. I, I would take him in the top 12 to 15 have no problem okay. with that. He's really good. And then Layatu Latu. Like Nolan Smith athletic-wise? Right. That yes. kind of that guy? Oh, yeah. That kind of guy. I thought so on tape. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But right. just a better player. Right. A be- and Nolan, if he didn't get hurt, probably would have had an even better college career. Yeah. He just was hurt a lot. Right, right. Layatu Latu from UCLA, probably the most interesting guy. Catches my eye when I saw him this year. Looks like Jalen Phillips. It's the really best tape you're going to watch okay. out of the pass rushers. Can counter. Every move in the toolbox. So why it, isn't he one? Like, what is it? You're, he was medically retired from Washington. Okay. Medically retired. Right. Damn, this is really like Jalen Phillips. It's crazy, right? Holy shit. Yep. Not and only then, looks like him or the same number as him, and he's got the same medical issues here. UCLA clears him. Right. Dominates for two years. Right. Dominates. Now, I don't think he's going to test, which at Edge, this matters. Yeah. At Edge Rusher, it matters. Yeah. He's not going to test like these other guys. Right. And you have to wonder how that affects him, how much it affects him at the pro level. Yeah. But his hands, he's got the best hands. Him and Verse, 
hand placement's phenomenal. So you the way to get off the blocks. most polished. Or yes. You, I yeah. said it like this. If I had to put a guy on an NFL field this year right. to win a rep on an island against a tackle, right. I'd take him. Okay. I'd take him. Yeah. It's just every he's dialed in completely. Every move is in the toolbox, and it's not that he's out there just trying things. Yeah. It's refined. So who's the freakiest athlete of the group? Chop Robinson Chop, from Penn State. The Penn State kid. I mean – the production was non-existent this year. Right. But Why? What is it in your assessment? You know, I haven't watched him at all. Another guy, I watched him, you know, on TV, yeah. and I went, ooh, this, because everybody's talking it, about him. It felt like he has to win off the snap with that burst right. and turn the corner, just win with speed. And he has nothing else. And the hand battle, not pretty. The leverage battle could be better, and he can't counter right now. And right. he's just getting better against the run, but it's, I have to shoot a gap against the run, not I'm going to stack and hold the edge and blow up the run. What kind of body are we talking about? Like kind of squat, like Carl Lawson-ish? A little bit that way. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. That squatty, right. like, you know, almost like too much muscle for yeah. the jersey right. kind of build. But his ability to get off the ball, you just draft that early because mm-hmm. there's just not a lot of guys that could do that. Yeah. He's so explosive. So explosive. Like, I, I actually still believe in the player. People have cooled on him. Right. I believe in that if somebody coaches up his hands – that when he gets better at that timing ability to just master it, yeah. some tackles just can't set against him. Right, They have to overset, and then he's going to learn how to counter inside. He's really interesting. I, it sounds like it. Sounds I mean, remember like... when we watched Yaya Diaby last yeah, year where sure. it's like, this is all athlete. Right. And then he had seven and a half sacks this year, and you're like, well, sometimes guys figure There's it out. something to that. You know? 100- that's, that's why I, I tend to, when in doubt, I go with that guy. Uh, me too. And at all edge. things. Everything almost. Yeah. Always. Right. You know? Yep. Just because they just go, hey, I mean, again, yeah, I'm not getting to work out these guys or whatever else, but when you have the pure physical raw ability and tools, you know, and you've alluded to this earlier, you like football and you're coachable, those are things I go, okay, yeah, he doesn't have this, he doesn't have that, but damn, I've been in the NFL before and been around it my whole life. These are the things that are coachable that you can fix. So he's intriguing. All right. So you're saying he Chop Robinson's the the freakiest of the group athletic wise. You think, think he's think the so. one that's gonna like pop to us whatever that night is? Are they Thursday or Friday night? I can't remember. I think what they're year. a little earlier. Yeah, they're they might earlier? be Thursday. Maybe yeah. Thursday, right? Yeah. All right. All right. So there's that. What about now? I just want to hit on DT and LB before we just move on to some other random questions, right? Of course, DT. I'm interested because the Texas boys seem at the top of the list. Are they both really legit top of the list? Like both going to be first round type of players here? Murphy will be because yeah. he's got that Kalijah Cansey from last year that right. he could just take over from the interior as a rusher. Gotcha. He could shoot gaps. He's explosive. He yep. can wreck the game, Byron we Murphy like to say. Second, right. Yeah, Byron Murphy from Texas. Yeah. Sweat will not like, go in the first round. What kind of like round. size are we talking with Murphy? About six one, probably going to play at like two ninety. Gotcha. Right. So he's bigger than Cansey. Yeah. Right. He's bigger than Cansey. Gotcha. So he's just so explosive. He's going to go in the first round. I like Jerzon Newton from Illinois right at the top with him. Newton is a guy that can stack and shed. Yeah. He played some running back in high school, so he's a really good athlete. Right. But he he's got the girth. Another six one, three hundred pounds. Yeah. Great hands. Just yep. understands how to always get off blocks. And you watch the scheme. I mean, the sack numbers would have been higher if they let him do anything. Yeah, right. It's just a scheme that drives you absolutely insane. Right. He's such what, a good well, player. What was he doing, like two-gapping? And a just lot kinda, of that. Lot and of then just the, holding his ground? Yeah, and they'll also use him on stunts to clear an alley for a blitzer. And it's like, I get it, but this guy can dominate against one-on-ones. Just have him attack. 
You don't you don't need to have him run a stunt all the time to clear out space for somebody else. So these are your two guys, though. You think those are the those are the guys. The, the, and then Sweat, Sweat, though, I want to talk about. Yeah, from I Texas. do because Tavondre he catches Sweat. your eye. I mean, he's giant, but he he's great. The I tape know is, he is phenomenal. Right. Tavondre Sweat from Texas. He's literally the size of a camper. Right. I mean, you see him in there. It's like two Jordan Davis. Right. Right. Hundred percent. Okay. Where he can two gap, he can control the line of scrimmage. You can't run at him. I think he's a way better pass rusher than anyone gives him credit for. Right. Like he can really forklift offensive linemen into the pocket. Every year, this does not get valued enough in the draft right. community. Every year, Dexter Lawrence, he's not big. He's too big. He can't put Vita Vea. It's too big. He won't be able to add rush pass value. We can go down the list. When it's are crazy. we going to start to catch on to go start giving these guys the credit they yep. deserve in the pass rush game? There's value in them in the NFL. Sweat has one thing he has to check off with the combine, yeah. and I've never I've been to eight of the last nine Senior Bowls. Maybe it's my memory. I can't remember this ever happening. Yeah. He didn't weigh in. He did not weigh in. That's not good. And I mean, I was lucky enough I get to be on the field for they drills. They say he's what, like three fifty? He's listed at three sixty four. Oh, he had to have been three ninety, three eighty four at least no at doubt. the Senior Bowl. No and doubt. the crazy thing is, Chris, he was great. He was great. Right. But but they don't want that number there because it just starts a litany of, you know, yep. negative talk. If he oh, comes he's not in, in shape. He's, right. you know, one bad week of eating and he puts on 10 pounds, which is a real thing with these guys. And it's how you get hurt or right. you're playing 10% of the snaps. Yeah. I mean, where do we draft that kind yeah. of guy? Right. So he's fascinating because truly he's a back end around one talent, right. in my opinion. Right. I could see him going all the way to the fourth round. Yeah. But if he comes in the combine and he just figured it out for a couple weeks and he's 360. You're going to watch the tape. The tape is tremendous because he can completely anchor the line of scrimmage. And that's what wins football games right Right. now. Because if you can't run at a guy, but you also know he can push the pocket, that part of the field is over for you. It's over. Right. So he he's a total wild card of this draft in that yeah. class. Okay. All right. I'm I'm excited. He definitely caught my eye watching him. You know, in the final four towards the end of the football season. I mean, the Texas D tackles certainly were eye dominate. Yeah, yeah. They 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 really do. I'm excited to watch them. Okay. Uh, Linebacker. Well, LB. Is there one? I feel like I haven't heard of one that really pops up in any shape, way, or form. That's like towards the top of the draft. No. There's not uh, a first rounder. There's no first rounder. There's no first rounder. Damn, did we have a first rounder last year, a middle linebacker? The Lions. The Lions did. That's yes. right. Jack Campbell. Jack Other Campbell. Other than that, that was and that was it. a surprise. Right. That right. was a surprise. Yes. So it's it Damn, is a, two years in a row here. Right. We're going without any top tier stand up middle linebackers. I like Junior Colson from Michigan. Right. Run and chase speed. Man. All of that. Yes. He's originally from Haiti. Really right. interesting background. Yep. He's come over here and just figured out football real quickly. Definitely. Uh, but top forty five, maybe yes. top fifty. Picks I have him thirty. Fifth, okay. but I'm high man yeah. on him. I okay. think that's as high as you'll see him. He's an NFL linebacker. 100%. I saw him in person, and he is ready to go for sure. The wild card is Peyton Wilson from right. NC State. Okay, I have him 61. It, his body has been just torn apart throughout yeah. college. Right. I know some shoulder injuries, which is always my biggest fear at the position. Yeah. But the tape is tremendous. He's a really good athlete. He's been a leader for that program. So, Peyton Wilson. There's no questions about the player. I don't think there's a lot of questions about the athlete. Right. It's just, do you have him for three games or do you have him for 80% of the season? Yeah, gotcha. I, I don't think anyone can answer that. Right, right. All so. right, so we got Caleb Williams probably in generational talent conversation, right? Yeah, he's really good. He's really good. Sounds like Marvin Harrison Jr. are going to put in that conversation. Him with and Chase actually, are the best I've ever evaluated. Okay, so you're the putting them up there with, right Chase, with Chase. Right, But you yeah. have neighbors not too far behind Not too him. far at all. All right, so neighbors, if we're going to put them in the generational. He's right around there. Okay. Yeah. 
All right. Who else? Give me. Is there anybody else that qual- like the kid from Georgia? I the think tight end. Is he gonna? Oh, Bowers. Classify is, as Bowers that? is phenomenal. He's, he's phenomenal. He's every bit better than Pitts. Right. And that drives people nuts because they're like, Pitts has been a letdown. Bowers was Georgia's offense as a freshman and a sophomore. Agreed. And everybody, goes, oh, he's a tight end. He plays wide receiver. He plays slot. He plays on the line of scrimmage. Yeah. He plays in the backfield. Right. I mean, he's not as big as I thought he was no, going to be when not. we met him at the Super Bowl. He's not. But I agreed with you. He was one of the rare people where you go after freshman year, he could have gone to the NFL and been fine. And you loved Laporta last year. Right. The usage, you could see yeah. the same usage 100%. Right. He's NFL ready. He just, he, nobody tackles him. Yeah, right. Runs through everybody. Incredible, like yep. contact strength, yep. power. Make plays all above that. the rim on the ball. Yeah. I mean, can really climb the ladder and yeah. go up and get the ball. All right. So you're going to put him in the, the generational. And then all. And then all. I think all. Okay. All and Sewell are the best tackles I've evaluated over the last couple of years. Okay. Okay. For sure. All right. That's high yeah. praise. Yeah. Yeah. They're, I mean, and there's no question. Like, he's a tackle. Yeah. Like, I loved Icky, and it's been a tough ride for Icky with Carolina. Right. Ups and downs. Right. But everybody knew Icky might be a better guard. Yeah. With Alt and Sewell, it's always, this is just what a tackle looks like. 100%. Gotcha. Gotcha. I, I would say that's about it. And then you get into the conversation of how good can Drake May and Fashanu right. and Dallas Turner, how gotcha. good can they be? Because their ceilings are super insanely high. high. Right. They're just a little far away right now. Got gotcha. you. Got gotcha. you. Yeah. And they're young. All yeah. three are really young. Okay. So I, I, I would be patient enough to roll with them. Okay. Chris Jenkins, just as some names there. I'm Chris a fan. Jenkins, his dad took half my spleen. Thomas <laughs> Davis took the other half of it. Does he go to the first round, Chris Jenkins? I don't think so because no. he, he just hasn't rushed the passer. Gotcha. Really good athlete. Can absolutely dom. Tell me if you've heard this before with a Jenkins. Dominate in the trenches against the run. Yeah. Um, he can hold the point of attack. He could take on double teams and not get moved. He, he's probably middle of the second round. Okay. He's yeah. that way. All right, guys. We got a lot of we got a lot of sons. You yes. Know, a little family heritage here this year in this draft. All right. How about Jeremiah Trotter Jr., the Clemson linebacker? Back end of round two. Okay. I would think. Somebody right. that there's a lot to like. It's Is he just big a, like his dad? Like that? Like what's he, he more what's he, he built like? I, I played not. with his dad towards the end of his dad's career. So, his dad was like almost a defense end. Trotter is about six feet tall. Six feet 230. tall. Two thirty. Okay. So, so he's different than his dad. He's very different than right. his dad. Uh he's somebody that just muscle on muscle sees everything really well before the snap. Right. He understands had a crash into a rush lane, and it's I'm I'm a truck coming downhill. Gotcha. Like I'm coming in with intensity. Right. I think he is such a good tackler when coming to balance. He just breaks Clemson's down smoothly. Clemson's D was real. It looked like it's just amazing. When I watch them on this TV, every year. right? I mean, yep. I just just the, the corners jumped out to me at the end of the year watching them. The corners. So I wasn't shocked David to hear D-line. you say. Uh, right. Ruka Rororo. Right. You're gonna have fun saying that. Rororo. Yeah. Rororo. He's good D lineman in this draft. Day two player as well. I think that with Trotter. You just wonder how high you draft a guy where the sideline to sideline speed is average. Okay. It's average. Okay. Where Peyton Wilson and Junior Colson, they fly. Gotcha. They fly. Yeah. And this league, look at all the guys that were taken outside of the first couple of rounds that are the top linebackers in the league. They fly. Greenlaw, Fred Warner, Quincy Williams. They're all like 225 and run 4-3. All, all the good defenses <laughs> have the same type of linebackers yep. in the middle of the yep. field. You know? Patrick Queen, Roquan Smith. Yes, yeah, about I mean, Patrick Queen and Roquan, 240, for sure. 235, yep. 232. That's the world. It's that's a different game. Are. It's right. a different game. You, you said it right. To me, that's one of the things some of the other defense, like, you know, the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, it's a top five, top six defense. But it's uh, you know, it doesn't feel that way because the middle linebacker plays below average. You know, the great defenses right now have two guys in the middle of the field that make the field seem like it's not actual size because you're like, holy fuck, they're everywhere. Yes. Nick Bolton, William Gay, everywhere. Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, like you said, everywhere. 
everywhere. Roquan, Queen, everywhere. The Jets guys, everywhere. Yeah, CJ and Quincy right. For sure. To me, that is the position right now that kind of puts a defense over the top. All right, one or two more other famous ones I just want to hit on you. Jerry Rice's kid, Brendan Rice. I got yeah. to meet him at the Super Bowl. Super cool really kid. Really nice dude. Yeah. Yeah, like we top three rounds to where are we where are we think probably between I would say round four to five. Okay, it's big body had a great senior bowl, right? Dominate. I mean, right. he, he just he's very strong at the point of contact. Yeah, he clearly puts in the study. Right, like when I got to talk to him at the Super Bowl, just told me how before each practice he had studied all the corners he was going to go against and knew their tendencies, how yep. to win, and he, he won. So right. it's not like it was BS. Right, I think that he's somebody transferred from Colorado to USC. Didn't figure it out at Colorado and was one of Caleb Williams' main targets this year. Caught 12 touchdowns. It's just a matter of will he run away from people yeah. at the next level. Yeah, gotcha. That's what we got to see. Gotcha. But big-bodied player that okay. makes things happen at the Maybe catch. Maybe a big-body slot almost. Uh, Actually, power slot would yeah. be how I would use him. Yeah, you for would. For sure. You would. All right. Uh, and then Luke McCaffrey, you know. Yeah. Christian's brother, Ed's son. It, what do you think? What's your little eval of him? I, I think pretty solid. The release package is good. Right. I thought he'd run away from more people in right. Mobile and drills right. against those corners because I saw on tape he runs away from people. He's smooth. The routes are really good. It's just a matter of does he have something that's a calling card? Gotcha. Like is the speed high end? Is right. the is the route are the routes just so good that that's going to help him separate from the pack? I thought. Ricky Pearsall from Florida was a much, much better player than him, in turn, and he doesn't get that kind of love. Pearsall catches everything. He separates at all three phases. Yeah, what number is Pearsall? Is he number I forget what number three? he wore. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, he had some of the yeah. best catches in college yeah, football I, this he year. he caught my eye. I yeah. know he did. I think, yeah, I think right. he's a second-round player, and he's probably not going to the third or fourth. Okay, okay. Yeah, Pearsall's he's phenomenal. All right, all right, all right. So, there we go. That's a little draft news for you. You're right. There are a lot of kids, like there, sons. There, a ton. I mean, we didn't it's, even I, hit on, you know, Tua's brother, yeah. right? Uh, well, I think we hit him all, all other than two, his brother. And then Frank Gore Jr. Of course. He had a great yeah. shrine week. Yeah, did yeah, he? Yeah, really good shrine week. Obviously a smaller back, right. but he's going to get drafted yeah. as well. Yeah. Small school player. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, Frank Gore Jr., absolutely one of the most notable ones in this draft. Like how small? Like what are we talking like? Let me see. So what... he's not quite as thick as his dad and, and built like that. No, he's not. Dad was like probably 5'11", 220. Yeah, 5'8", 195. 5'8", 195. Wow, he's so he's a totally different. Yeah. He's a third down back. Yeah, kind of guy. he's not looking to just run through people all the time, but gotcha. he's shifty. Yeah. He's shifty. I actually think it's weird. You would think these kids get more appreciated because they're famous dads, and yeah. with him it was the opposite. Right. Like, it's just crazy. Like, nobody cared about him in college, and he's a good player. Yeah. All right, cool. We'll see how it shakes out for them. I'm really excited to dive in. You got me, got my blood boiling it's the best. here a little bit. It's it really the best, is. Man. It's that and time then, of the year. We say this, this is a good draft. Yeah. Like, the, no exaggeration, right. this is a really good draft because of the you know, as you say, like the freak shows right. in it. That's what it's full of. Yeah. They're just freaks at wide receiver, uh, some, some pass, pass rushers, rushers yeah. some corners, right. some really different dudes. All right. And sure. safety, nothing there that we're looking at right Disappointing. now? Disappointing. It's it's a one class that I still need to do the deep dive on. Yeah. I've only done the top guys. Right. I like Tyler Newbin from Minnesota because he could play any spot. Shit. He could play downhill. Right. He could play free. He's got sideline to sideline range with ball hawking. He tackles. Uh, ball production was really good, but... After him, it just to me was a disappointing class. Cam Kitchens from Miami was supposed to be that dude, and it's just been okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. So. All right. So we're going to – safeties are going to be day two type of things, it sounds like, for the most part. Too. Was it last year as well? Yeah. It was. We haven't had that kind of guy. There was nobody that jumped out. No. no, definitely not. At Delta, we know Mike and HC prefers reality TV to reality. So we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. On the next flight, 8C is Mandy, a foodie. So we offer all types of food options. Because at Delta, everyone flies their own way. Delta, keep climbing. You might not think that a few simple words could make you crave 
McDonald's breakfast sandwiches. But if you listen closely to the sound of me saying, McGriddles, McMuffin, you might be wrong. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. All right, we got some questions. I think we get into like a little, you want to hit anything else? Anything else you think we're missing draft-wise? I think we did. Anything like that? We that did pretty good, Yeah, you're, honestly. you're happy with it? I, I, to me, it's Got all your thoughts out? I think so. All right. I, to me, it's what the teams do now. Yeah. Like the movement of the board. Yeah, right. What you can't predict and how free agency will change it. Yeah. Will Atlanta do something in the pro market where we don't look at them in the top 10 is really interesting anymore? Yeah. I, and I don't think they will, but what if they go get Justin Fields or Kirk Cousins and then we're like, okay, the eighth pick is either first sale yeah. or they're going to get a big-time player there. Right, right. So Atlanta's really interesting to me. Those teams I talked about at 11 to, uh, to 13, and you know, will somebody sign Russell Wilson as a starter when that day comes? I, these are things we just don't know. Yeah, no. But they changed the draft. Right. They completely changed the no, draft. No doubt about so it. So that's the next phase. I, I hear you But we there. got a couple weeks. And that's where we probably get into those guys that you're talking about drafting, you know, 10 through 20. Right. Where they're going to be doing their due diligence on some of these veteran guys that are available out there to see if they want to make a move and frame their team around there. I think, hey, let's start right there. We got a question from at Ode1214. Uh, wants to know Justin Fields to stay in Chicago, right? I don't I mean, think it's happening. I don't think it's happening either. Now, again, I don't – I'm, like, at a part here where I haven't been in rumor mill. I haven't talked to a ton of people in the NFL as of late. After the Super Bowl was over, I took a break. A lot of my friends went on vacations. Yeah, that's the time. You know, but I just reading between the tea leaves, and then after what I saw yesterday of Caleb Williams <laughs> – I don't think there's any fucking way Justin Fields is in it. And I'm not even saying I think that's the right decision. I've been one to say I'm I'm for Justin Fields saying in Chicago in a lot of ways, right? I'm not always about, oh, quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. Let's build the freaking team around here, right? He does some things that are damn good on the football field. Right. And he hasn't had the, you know, the greatest support system in the world around him. You know, things are going in an upward traje- trajectory, in my opinion, with Justin yeah. Fields. But at the end of the day, no, it does not feel – at all. It feels like Caleb Williams will be going number one to Chicago all the way here as of right now. And, you know, that's what I'm interested to get into Indy and talk to people and right. see some people I know just to get a little feel for some of these situations right now. I'm with you. I think it comes down to this. Can Ryan Poles go into another draft, not take his guy, trade the pick again, and then if it doesn't work out for whatever reasons, yeah. never get that crack again and right. go, man, I passed on a lot of quarterbacks over my time and never really swung the bat. I, I just go never back swung the bat. to one basic thing. Where did he come from? Kansas City. Who was the quarterback? Right. Exactly fucking right. right. He's going to go for his guy. Special. Like, to your point, Special. what you just said. And he's going to go, I want it to be my guy, and I'm going to go down swinging yep. with my guy. Yep. And and I think that's where Justin Fields probably gets left out in the dark. And yep. then it goes, where does he go from there? Yep. And that's that'll be interesting. what everybody can't figure right. out. Right. Because now teams got to – look at the Raiders, right? The Raiders say, hypothetically, they really wanted to come up for a Jaden Daniels kind of player. Yeah. But they they call, after the combine, you get a feel at the combine. Who's going to pick up, who's like 
don't bother, on and on and on. If they come away from the combine and they're like, you know what? We can't get up. We could offer three ones. We can't get where we need to go. Do you go, we'll trade two threes or a two for fields instead? Because we, are we just going to go into the year with Aiden O'Connell yeah. and a good team? Right. I mean, they got a decent team. Right. That's where these things aren't answerable right now, I think, with fields. And then with Chicago, though, I'm with you all the way. I think they take Caleb Williams and they trade fields. Well, it, it's, uh, it's the, you know, the, the Raiders thing, right? Getsy. That'll play. That'd be interesting to see if they have any liking for and that's, Justin Fields. There's or another all. variable, right? The coaching fact that yeah, him and Getzi was a weird situation there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're one of the examples, right? We talked about Atlanta. That's the question. How many Atlanta teams? to me is the team to watch out for. Me too, right? Me too. I could see Raheem Morris going that route, right? Justin Fields being from there. You know, I think it'll excite the fan base. One hundred percent. Right? They have an offensive line and Bijan Robinson that are incredible to play them off of each other in the run game, pass game, whatever. Totally. That agree. is certainly where I lean more in, in this conversation. And the other thing I'll throw out there too here, as this goes out longer and longer, right? And I know we got a question here from uh, Swish B. My Atlanta Falcons trading for Justin Fields and preferably not having to give up a second round pick pick. That would be that then we would take the best available D line prospect at number eight. That would that's, be great. That's pragmatic, yeah. I don't think it's you're not gonna uh, to me, again, the longer this process goes on, you're not gonna need to trade a number one pick for Justin Fields it, unless guaranteed. we start to get a bidding war. It There's won't happen. No way that's happening. It won't happen. Right? I mean, again, the the, the baseline here is the Bears don't want Justin. If the Bears are going to trade Justin Fields, they don't want him on the roster the day Caleb Williams walks into the organization and then have, well, we got two alphas and half the team has already said they want yes. Justin Fields to be the quarterback, and here he is in the locker room. With yeah. Duke. Like the value goes down just from that alone. So they're trying to stay quiet right now and, and maybe make it seem like they're not sure if they want to keep him or whatever and draw some interest that way. But I think at the end of the day, yeah, maybe a second-round pick and some other change, mid-round pick, something like that. Second and a fourth, maybe something even lower than that. But I don't think you're going to have to sell the farm to acquire Justin Fields' ta talents. I, I don't see that happening. I mean, you brought up a great point about Getze being with the Raiders. Say a team like that doesn't have any interest of Fields because yeah. of that previous relationship. I mean, his market really starts to shrink. Yeah. It, it really does. Atlanta's somebody that we talk about. But after that, it's – I mean – you just try to figure out who – it doesn't seem like the Steelers would do no, that. No, I don't think the Pittsburgh would go there no. at this point right now. It's, you know? it's just not a vast market. No, I feel like the the Steelers would be more inclined to go with a Russell Wilson or somebody that's right. a little bit more proven and playing big yeah. game football than let's take a shot on what we, you know, we hope some guy can right. be, right? I think the Falcons have a little of that luxury right now. It's a new coaching staff. It's a fairly young team still. So I could see them going that route more than I, I certainly could of the uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, this one definitely yeah, go ahead. for you, Chris. Right. Paul Caruso asked, my wish is that the Niners hire a DC internally or externally that truly understands how to get the best out of their front seven and utilize a four-man rush like D'Amico and Salah yeah, were able to. That's where they missed it. Right now, you know, I, I you know, listen, the, the Steve Wilkes thing is tough, right? It really is. I, I feel for Steve Wilkes. I think he's a really damn good coach. It was a tough situation. You know, again, I don't think most of the public realizes that Steve Wilkes had to go to San Francisco and do San Francisco's defense. He didn't get to do Steve Wilkes' defense, right? I have people 
all the time when I say that, like at dinner with somebody, they're like, what? I don't understand. And I'm like, no, no, no. The 49ers run a defense. Shanahan and the system are there. That's in place. Yeah. So they hire the defense coordinator. you got to learn what they do. Now, it just was not up to speed this year. And again, to this point, where I know there's all these people out there like, how could you fire him? You know, it was, a, it was a top five defense. The point is, it was the most talented defense in football, and it should have been number one. Right. That, that's the first point. So it did not maximize. Yeah. It was clearly the best front four in football in a lot of ways. That never maximized this year, right? It fell apart towards the guys. For all those that are like, oh, my gosh, he did all that in the Super Bowl. They shouldn't even have fucking been in the Super Bowl. The defense sucked in the playoffs. They weren't that good down the stretch. So they got to the Super Bowl despite right. defense not playing well. I know they got to the Super Bowl and played pretty well, but let's not forget, Mahomes and the Chiefs were not an offensive juggernaut this year. I mean, the whole year we knew that. Then they got to the Super Bowl and they're like, whoa, they held him to 25. And it's like everybody did the whole fucking year, yeah. guys. Get a fucking clue. In fact, everybody held them to like 20 or 17. And this is the 49ers and they got up six extra points. So that was my rant on that. All right. <laughs> I'm kind of sick of hearing that crap. But, yes, I don't know the 49ers, and this is what sucks when you're this type of team and you have to make this type of move late in the year. There's limited options. Right. Is that why we've heard nothing? I mean, we've heard nothing it's, on this. The guys out there right now that are have defensive – it's Joe Barry and Brandon Staley. Yeah. Right? That is it. That's right? not and not from everything pickings. I gather, Brandon Staley's probably the guy that's in the leader house right okay. now. Okay. Now I don't know what's where that's gonna go from from there. I don't know. And Staley, again, is a guy that he doesn't run this 49er system. I was thinking that right so away. So he's gonna have to adjust. Same issue. And Shanahan and Lynch are gonna have to have the confidence to go. Wait, this guy can learn this and he can adapt and adjust to us and maybe put his own little sprinkle on things here and there. But yeah, it's uh, definitely one of the most interesting things in football right now. That talented defense does not have a coach as we sit here right now, and we'll see where that goes. Imagine Pete Carroll coaching uh -huh. that defense. I mean, that, that he, would just, be... he just wants to be on the sidelines again. <laughs> All right, you know, that's that's what Pete's wish is. Uh, yeah, said. I'm and sure that's Pete's wish. And they, uh, I don't know about I don't know that you know, the the Seahawks defense was like bottom five in football <laughs> the last four years. I don't know if we want Pete to be the D coordinator, or at least for not my buddy. I love him as a head coach. Uh, but yeah, the 49ers thing is going to be interesting. And maybe there is somebody in house that they bring about that I'm not aware of or whatever. But Again, just getting the feel for around the NFL. It, 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 Staley and, and, and Barry are the two names that I consistently hear with the 49ers. So T. Nico 23 wants the Titans to nab T. Higgins for a second. Bengals officially franchise tag to Higgins today. He gets $21.8 yeah, right. estimated on the tag if he plays under the tag. Yeah. It, I mean, it just feels like this is one where the Bengals are – Probably going to ride it out. I mean, I, I don't think there's any Tennessee doubt. certainly needs a wide receiver like T. Higgins. Yes. We all know that. It right. hasn't really gone well with Traylon Burks. A lot of the veterans they've added. It's no, but, they're not going to. They're not. No, they're, he's is, not getting out of Cincinnati. No, he's no. not. Not right Especially now. Especially in the AFC. No, not right now. And for a guy that's, you know, really, I think a number one receiver on right. just about most teams in football, twenty-one point eight ain't that big of a number. No, it's doable.
So I don't. I'm not. I wasn't surprised to hear this at all. I I was with T a little bit in the Super Bowl. We talked a few times. Uh, he was staying at the hotel I was staying at. He totally expected to be franchise, okay. and I think he totally expects to be in Cincinnati. I don't think he'd have any problem with me saying that. Now again, maybe if there's some crazy trade deal, but again, with what you just talked about, you know, again, free agency. There's still a lot of receivers out there. The draft seems like it's deep. I can't imagine anybody making some huge deal That's or trade to get a guy like T. Higgins right now. That's not going to happen. Uh, so, yeah, I, the, the Bengals are going to try to keep the band together as long as they can here. As they should. Yeah, they're buying time. They got Joe done. They got T. Franchise. They're going to work on Jamar long-term contract here. Tyler Boyd would be the guy that I would think that we don't see on the team after this year. That He's going to go somewhere else. Yeah, right. and then with, uh, with Higgins, he just turned 25. So even when they could stop tagging him, he's still going to get that payday. He is. I mean, say you collect two. He's a young twenty-five. Two tags of over about forty-five million total, and then right. you go get a hundred million-dollar deal. Yeah, right. He's going to be fine. He's going to be fine, no so. doubt about that. He's super talented, like you said. He's young, and he doesn't have a lot of wear and tear in no. his body. He really doesn't. So uh, I'm excited for for his opportunities. The, the Bengals, you know, we know. Watch out for them next year. Kyle Lear five. Chiefs re-sign Chris Jones and mm. Lajarius Sneed. Mm. Jones is an all-time great and mm. definitely a Chiefs great. Sneed is a top-five corner and loved by the fans for the last three years. Woo. The Chiefs draft well and can focus on wide receiver and tackle, but really hard to replace those yeah. two. Yeah, they got to draft another wide receiver. We know that. The, there's no doubt. Probably and, the first round. And I would think that it's time to start getting a blue chipper. Right. Yeah. Enough of these third and fourth rounders yes. and hope we hit on something. Just let's go to something that we know is going to fucking hit, right? This conversation to me is extremely interesting. I don't know if they can keep both. I don't know. It's a lot of money. Right. I tend to lean to keep Chris Jones. Right. I was thinking <clears> Game-changing D tackles are harder to find. And I don't think Chris Jones is near the cliff yet of, like, falling off. No. You know? He's great in the Super Bowl. He's a great yeah. still, period. He's definitely one of the three or four best defensive tackles in football. Unquestionable unquestionable elite I don't know what I'm saying there you know what I mean yeah but here's my other thought too I love Legereus Sneen I voted for him first team all pro right I'm a huge fan of what he does you can't pay everybody they do have some other corners there that are super talented I mean McDuffie's a star yeah, we know awesome. that Joshua Williams is pretty damn good Jalen Watson is pretty damn good See, this is where teams and this is where Kansas City fans, right, you know, this is where it's tough. Do you want to keep this rolling or do you just want to keep three or four guys that you like a lot and you want to wear their jerseys to the game? Because really what I would say is the smart play would be Chris Jones, sign him up. He's a pillar of the franchise. There's no denying that. He's one of the greatest in the history of the franchise now. And deep tackles, to me, are harder to find that can just come in and dominate football, right? I at some point some of these teams you got to trim the fat a little bit and Legarius is one where I could certainly see them going you know uh, we got some talent at the corner position we're pretty good at evaluating the corner position here too and we'll draft another one this year and whatever else uh, I'll be interested if you made me bet money though I say Chris Jones is there and Legarius Sneed will be on the free agent market when all said and done Sneed feels like at 27 years old already I mean you tag him if you can you could do that Ride it out right. till he's almost 30. Uh huh. And then do what you did. Yeah. Right. And this corner class has a lot of depth. And the Chiefs have the 64th overall pick as well. Damn. So, so yeah. You take your corner there. Yeah, it could. But if you could find a way to manipulate the cap that you could tag Sneed 
and then I mean he's going to be 28. A lot of corners it tails off quick when you get close to 30. Uh, it's it's there's right. no question. Right. You're getting to that 27, 28, 29 range, so, and then the Chiefs are pretty steadfast on their little formula of not yes. wanting to pay people when they get close to 30 or second or third contracts in the 30s. Uh, I get that. I'm 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 that that's going to be a tough decision, and it's going to suck to lose either one of them. Hopefully they can keep both, but I don't think that's really going to be able to happen. I don't. All right, this one from Lip Smacklin Good. Michael Pittman on the Chiefs. I think it's the best fit. Love the show. Pete, don't forget, I'm available when Ahmed is out. All right. <laughs> well, what that Connor's here. Yeah. Connor's tough. here, Lip Smacklin Good. Okay. Yeah, tough, tough for me. Um, Michael Pittman is probably staying with the Colts, I would think. Pretty comfortable. Him and Mahomes would be a great fit. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Pittman can do everything. That's the right. Thing. That's the good thing. He's a great fit anyway. He's a great overall like you know, slot. Can win on the outside. Yeah, it's not going to be oh wow he ran by us for seventy yard touchdowns, but enough speed to beat you deep and scare you in that way. Yeah, I mean he's all purpose, right? In a lot of ways, he's you know Rasheed Rice to me right. in a that's lot of ways. How you'd you use know? him? So right? that's where I don't know if I I see that now. Pittman. Yeah, the price tag, what's the market for him? You know, I think he's going to be I don't it's not going to be top of the tier market wide receiver, but I think he's a guy that's going to sign a contract where people are going to go, "Damn, he, that's he got good money because people are going to watch what we watch and go, you know, okay, we might not get a superstar who leads the NFL in receiver, but we know we're going to get damn good consistent production for the next four or five years and Pittman like I said he is he's physical he's fearless over the middle uh he is not your typical diva wide receiver ish he's not going to make any waves that way so we'll see where this goes but uh yeah I you know the the franchise tag is going to be a thing with him as well I think that's well because like what else do they got there they're going to be a little desperate you know, you Alec can't, you Pierce, can't they're not going to just go, oh, wait, Alec Pierce is going to be our guy. Here we go. Josh Downs in the slot. Exactly. But it's your slot. Yes. So I, I have a hard time thinking they're going to let him out. Oh, and then Pete's right in here that. At Super Bowl week? Yeah. Yeah. He said the franchise tag is almost like a tag of respect to get paid in the top five at your position. But do I necessarily want to play on one? I wouldn't say necessarily no. I do not want to play on the tag. But you can use that to work toward a long-term deal. Yeah, I know. It's very, a messed uh, up thing. Good very, politician yeah, right very, there, very, Michael Pittman. Very, very good. No, I mean, hey, he's not saying anything we don't know. No. Hey, yeah, sure, we'd all like to take a one-time $20 million check. I get that. But I'd rather have a you know, few years $60 million check. Yeah. Okay, that that would be better. 45 and, and that's what the players. Yeah, it's that's a big what difference. the players want. Uh, a little security there. And, and Pittman does play an aggressive way. We saw almost got his head knocked off this year. You know, by that DeMonte Kazee hit that I thought was uh, incredibly reckless by him. Yes. All right, a couple more here. These ones on the Jets from Tony Lee. Ooh. For the Jets to re-sign Bryce Huff, hashtag pay the man. This is going to be an interesting the, one. It's going to be the price is going to be all about what it is here. I, think I mean, he gets Bryce about Huff sixteen is, per year. Yeah, I, I would guess yeah. that that can make sense. Yep. You know, at least three years. Bryce Huff, it's it's incredible pass rushing. It's still a question of three downs yep. how good is he going to be in that department yes but coming off the edge and passing situations he's elite elite he is elite yep right but i think it's fair to question too is he going to be elite if he has to play 64 snaps a game will he still be the same after a full game of damn i had to take trent williams on and set the edge you know those other 25 run plays i usually don't have to do that oh now i'm not as explosive in the fourth quarter those are the things that i i wonder about him and i think that's where his value will go down 
you know, compared to other top tier pass right. rushers just because of that aspect. Right. Yeah. Why well, he won't get to twenty. I, I don't think he'll get to. That's y- a difference. You know, I don't think so. I don't think so. He might flirt, flirt right around that. Yeah. You know. Uh, do you think your Jets are going to keep him? I would lean more towards no. Yeah. Which is. This is one they should have got done mm-hmm. already. They kind of blew it yeah. here, letting it get this far. Should have been like a Quincy Williams yep. last year. Yep, John Franklin Myers. Right. They had him in-house. They got an in-season extension done yep. a couple years ago. I mean, it's just one of those you should have found a way to get this done. And when you get to the market, like you said, Chris, things can go to a number that you didn't expect yeah. and you have no answer. Right. And everyone's like, well, they drafted Will McDonald last year. That's not how the Jets' defense works. It's not, oh, you have Will McDonald and Jermaine Johnson. You're, yeah. They rotate all of them. Right. You need three edge rushers yeah, that get after it. Definitely. Who's number three if right. you lose Bryce Huff? Right. In a year where you think you're going to be closing out games because Aaron Rodgers is back. Yeah. I'd be nervous. Is he franchise taggable here? I think he is, but they. I don't think they will you don't tag think him. They'll do it. No, I don't think they'll do it. The no. edge number, the D end number is what twenty four. It's pretty it's high. Probably twenty six. Yeah. And there's there. like levels of the tag. You have yeah. the transition tag, which is probably closer to twenty. Yeah. Which is what I would do, but man, yeah. I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it either. No. You got and there's some teams that are going to be spending big on pass rushers. Washington, I think, will. Yeah. I think the Bears could. Right. There's a couple Well, out he's there. only going to go to those kind of defenses. Right. It's only going to be Seattle scheme. That's a good point, too. Four is three that defenses. He doesn't Nobody have the thirty two team market. Exactly right. Right. Definitely not. Now yeah, Chicago, I could see that. That's right. the defense. Ibra Flus is, is is like that. Yeah, but teams that are value size a little bit more into those positions, you're right. He's off the market for them, uh, which I think will hurt his value overall a little bit. This one from a Packers fan on the Jets. Justin Bigler, 78. Packers trade Bakhtiari to the Jets for their third-round pick. Mm. I don't think they're going to be able to trade Bakhtiari when you look at the money he's owed and how little he's played. No, I Even as, as desperate as the Jets are at tackle, I mean, Bakhtiari, I feel like, has openly said he hates everything about the turf situation in the NFL. The Jets have the worst turf in the NFL. Yeah, well, he was the first one that came yeah. out and said something about when Rodgers got hurt. Right. You know, he came out it's, all about it. I don't – this one would shock I, me. I don't think anything's going to happen here anytime soon with Bakhtiari. No. To Bakhtiari, I just feel like, first off, you know, yes, the, the you said it right. The Packers have invested a ton of money in him already. I don't think they just want to sell him down the river for nothing, right? He's a big – I think they're going to give him a little time here in the offseason to see where his body's at or where he's at altogether. Uh, I, I'd be shocked if we saw something happen here right away or anything like that. But, damn, I mean, they paid him going into the, the playoffs of the COVID year. He got hurt week 17 or 18 that year. Yep. And they've really gotten nothing out of him after paying him. Barely played. I think we're into $60 million, yes. somewhere in that and range. So they far. owe a lot this year. Right. That's why you can't really trade him because of how much you owe this there's year. There's no way. And I, you know, I, I should have looked this up already. I didn't think we were going to go here with this one. But, yeah, I mean, even a, a trade or a cut, I wonder what would cost them against the cap. I would think there's probably still some significant dead money, you know, whether they trade him or cut him. 19 where, mil. Yeah, so that's tough. That's a tough one to swallow. Traded he's 19 million pre-June 1. Right. So there's no way around it. It's just 19 mil no matter what. Same if you cut him. I mean, it's really just a deal that, I mean, unless I'm missing something, it's you made your bed, you yeah. got one more year of it, yeah, you got to right. ride this out. I think that's probably how it's going to go down, no we'll doubt about it. it. The Jets will have to look to the draft or something yep. like that or some other free agent uh, to fill that void. A couple Giants wishes. Good. Johnny Weaver. Joe Shane trades up in the draft and gets his quarterback. Mm. It's kind of what we opened with yeah. a little bit. Pete yeah. is saying, please. Yeah, of course he is. When I was in the Mobile, I asked a lot of people about the Giants because yeah. they're that pivot point. Yeah, right. You know, sixes could be anyone. 
and I got more answers of wide receiver and even O-line if they thought about kicking Evan Neal inside. Not yeah. as much, but on the table. Because I just don't know if they think they can get up to get the quarterback. So I don't – New England is the wild – like if New England answers the phone, anybody can get up for a quarterback. Yeah, no, and, 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 you know. Like you said with Daniel Jones, they still like Daniel Jones. I Like Daniel Jones, I don't know if I see them being that team to make that type of move right now at this situation. I don't – I think Daniel Jones still – has some things that I admire about his game. You know, again, I know last year wasn't a great look, but man, early in the year, the schedule, the team they play, the teams they played, and the health and play of their offensive linemen. Again, I you know, I've said this in the past. It's hard to to sit there and really like blame that on Daniel Jones in a lot of ways. I do. So I, I as we said here right now, I don't expect the Giants to take something at six. Yeah. I don't. You know, and again, that's that's knowing nothing. Uh, I believe they're a little bit more of the mold of let's build the team. Right. I, I just expect that's the way to go, right? And okay, you look at the draft, we look at the order of it. You go there. I, you know, if the if the, it's the top three picks are quarterbacks, right? I don't know if there's anybody there that I'd definitely go, oh, well, I want this guy over Daniel Jones. Yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's so I'd rather that's, take one of the blue chip players. I, exactly right. Take a blue yeah. chip player. Give if me you want to take catcher. a quarterback later on in the draft, certainly, or whatever. Or like you said, you got something, your eye on the future, whatever there. But, you know, I, that, that to me would be the problem. And as we sit here right now, it feels like the top three, the top three picks are going to be quarterbacks off the board. Yep. And then I don't know if it's worth, you know, taking a number four and I was sitting here just in my early process and go I don't know if I'm like just at a base look that excited about Jaden Daniels or Drake May to where I'm going oh Giants you got to trade up to get them I, I don't know if I feel that way you know and again I know it's early for me but yeah I'm I'm more on let's let's do some of the things you talked about the support system is the biggest problem with the jet I mean the Giants and there's a lot of holes that have to be filled within their roster to me, the best possible outcome for the Giants is to get Malik Neighbors and just be like, we have an explosive wide receiver that we haven't had since Odell Beckham. Yeah. Let's see what the offense can do with mm -hmm. that X factor in it now. So we'll see. And then the last one for the Giants, 10 to 80. I wish I can be happy as a Giants fan again. I I think, they're really I, down I, and out right I now. I think we, we can get there. Yeah. We can get there. I mean, we exceeded, exceeded expectations right. last year, that was the, two years ago. That's that the, the problem. Yes. It, had, it set the bar too high. You know, realistically, you know, we were somewhere between that year we went to the playoffs and last year, right? <laughs> but last year, injuries, you know, certain situations not being handled the right way, whatever, some unlucky moments, definitely, right? Where a team that probably should have been a little more competitive than it actually was, like, yeah, it doesn't feel like they, you know, should have been the sixth pick in the draft. You know, it, it had a feel at one point where you go, wait, this team, we should be in the middle of the first round, somewhere there. But, again, I feel like we're going in the right directions. I'm not excited about the Giants roster as I am about your Jets roster, right? But I do think there's some things there about the Giants where it's a big year. It's a big year. We'll see if, you know, they can answer the bell. It's a tough division to be right. answering the bell, and I think that's the biggest problem that they're going to have to deal with. We got a Buccaneers wish from White 80 Wayne. My wish is Tristan Wirfs, Mike Evans, and Baker Mayfield working together to take team-friendly deals so the Bucks can afford to buy depth in their trenches. Keep yeah. in mind here, Antoine Winfield Jr., Levante David, and Devin White are also unrestricted free agents. 
Worfs is not a free agent, but he's entering his fifth-year yeah. option season. They have a lot of work to do. They, the they definitely have a lot of work to do. Antoine Winfield Jr., there's no way he gets out, the, out, of, the, out of there. It's just too good. I just think he's too good yeah. and too loved. Tristan Wirfs should not take any team-friendly deal. <laughs> he's one of the best tackles in football. He should be paid like that, right? Now, you get into some other guys like Baker Mayfield. Again, I don't think he's going to be killing the Bucks here and what he no. gets. A Geno Smith kind of deal? I, I, I would expect it's something along right? those lines, yeah. right? Two to three years can maybe get after, get out of it after a year. Yeah. But it's it's good pay. And but he was not going to ruin vocal. your football team. He was very vocal at the Super he Bowl wants to about be there. the situation. He wants He's to be there. He's not just meeting with everyone and going anywhere. No, I think He's he learned. would love this to be in the bag. He'd love them to sign him up and it'd be done with yes. it. He can focus on leading their football team. He likes living there. He likes the team. He likes everything about it. He's a starting NFL quarterback. And within that, in the top half of football. So... Yeah, I think they get that done somehow, some way. Now, Levante David, Devin White, I don't know about those. Devin White feels like he's gone. I would right? let him walk. Mike Evans, it's going to be about what he expects to be paid. It feels like he's gone as well. It does feel like he's going to want a little bit more money than maybe they're willing to give to him right now at that position. So we'll see. But there is the factor of, again, like a Chris Jones, a little bit of a staple of the franchise. He's never been a pain in the ass. He's been underpaid probably for the last four or five years at least, right, and never made any waves about that. You know, there is respect for Mike Evans in the, in the locker room. But I think if you make me bet money, he's on another team, too, when it's all said and done. For Antoine Winfield, the franchise tag for safety would only be $17.1 million, So they have that insurance yeah, option if they right. can't get a deal done. Sticking with Mike Evans, yeah. this one from your boy Varney, a wish for the Panthers. Mike Evans to the Panthers. Don't you think Evans, though, is going to be ring-chasing a little at the I end here? I would 100%. Because a, a contender will still pay him. He's not taking a discount. Yeah, I mean, he got his ring. Mm -hmm. He did get one. Right. But so that's where I wonder where his mind is at. That's I, true. I would think there's some, like, I, I don't think he wants to go to a situation like Carolina. But what I worry about with a guy like him who's been paid 12 to 14 million the last few years, now he's getting to the end of the career and he's like, shit, I just got to make up some of the, the money I didn't make the last few years. That would be the only thing I would throw out there for food for thought. He'd be nice. He'd be great. I think that kind of guy would be great for Bryce Young. Oh, yeah. Right? Just jump ballish, back shoulder, you know, soft throw, let Mike Evans go get it that way. They certainly, as we know, need more help at that position. And they need somebody that's, you know, I know they're going to draft somebody, but they need somebody that is a bona fide guarantee to help out their football team this year, right now, and get Bryce Young going on the right track. Do you think the thousand yard streak means something to him? He's, he's had 1,000 yards all 10 of his NFL seasons going somewhere where you know that's going to keep mm, going. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a legacy thing. It is a How legacy How many guys thing. said, hey, I played 14 years he's, in the NFL and I had 1,000 yards every year? That's he's unbelievable. He's the most underrated wide receiver of our generation. Yeah. Like, not even close. You think of some of the years who he was playing with uh, and what he no was doing? No doubt about yeah. it. It's incredible. It really is. Um, I, I think that would be a thing he wants. But here's what I would say. You just you can't have it all. Yeah, and you think right. you're going to go to Kansas City? There's no guarantee you're going to be, oh, you get 1,200 yards and all right. the catches. You might end up getting, you know, 850, right? Because Rasheed Rice got some. They drafted another guy. Right. Sky Moore. They're still Kelsey. But, you know, 
you might have another 400 yards in the playoffs and, you know, playing a Super Bowl. So that's yeah. what you're going to have to trade off for. And, and that, that's – so I think at the end of the day, like, it's important, but I don't think that will be a game changer for him. A few on the Broncos. Yeah. Mark E.D. Mm. wants the Broncos to sign Baker Mayfield. Oh. Would that be a Sean Payton I feel like type? he would really fit with Sean okay. Payton 100%. The edge, right, the, oh, yeah. the way he that Sean wants to coach, he wants his quarterback to be an extension of him. I don't think there's any doubt that that would be something that would fancy him. Uh, you know, I it's it's the the Broncos are one right now. I don't have a feel for a way they're going to go Not at quarterback. Not a lot of people do. No, they're so, also a team that they could sit where they are in the draft, and if they just took Bo Nix or Penix, you'd be like, oh. They don't like they don't care what everyone else thinks. No, no, that's Sean exactly right. Sean's what he definitely thinks. not going to care. No, he's definitely not. He'll do what he wants. And if he feels like he can play with Jared Siddham for a year and right. have one of those guys, <laughs> it's option. or yeah. even have one of those guys behind him and let him duel it out, yeah, there's a lot of ways that can go. Uh, but I don't see Baker Mayfield to the Broncos. I don't know why. I don't see that happening. There's no way he gets out of Tampa Bay. You know, that would be the biggest thing there. Makes sense for both sides. Yes, right exactly now. Right. All right, Joe Nesser has a lot to unpack here on the Broncos. He says Taysom Hill a.k.a. Tay-Tay, to Denver to finish his quarterback development and replace Russ for a year or two. Then they can draft a stud quarterback, build an offensive line and wide receiver, let Taysom run the offense through RPO and two-by-two two wide receiver sets. No defensive coordinator could defend that. <laughs> well, I, listen, I, don't, I wouldn't be shocked if he ended up in Denver with a, you know, with a, a role that's kind of like he used to have, but like the day of like him being the quarterback and we might go with him for a year or two, that's Drop over. back passer. That's not <laughs> happening. That's not. No, I think if we got to that, Joe Nesser, you'd probably just, they'd go, wait, with Jared Sidham, we're fine with that. We'll work with that and go from there. Um, but yeah, I mean, Taysom, where he's at right now, the role he had with the Saints was significant last year. I mean, significant, right? I mean, I mean, they were, they needed him in a lot of weeks to kind of jumpstart things and get them going when that offense was underwhelming and not kind of playing to its capabilities, right? So I think he's very valued down there. Uh, it's a good thought. I hear you, but no, I think you got Taysom Hill in, in, in New Orleans here for the next few years. We talked about Kirk Cousins and the Vikings earlier. Red and purple, 77. Can it be a two-in-one? Kirk extended for two years and the Vikings drafting a first-round rookie quarterback. I would say no. Right. I would say no. You know, again. He would not like that, well, I don't think. I, he, I don't think he would like that. I would go, why would you want to do that to your team right now? Your team needs players. you got a lot of holes on your roster. Your coaching, to me, has over uh, – perform the actual talent on the football team, right? I wouldn't do that. Kirk Cousins, by by my estimations, that kind of player, I know he tore his Achilles this year and all that. I get it. But he's been healthy throughout his whole career. I still look at him and go, he's got at least two or three good years left in his career. Right. He's not going anywhere yet. So let's not be so quick to replace him and move on there. Let's Let's get a pass rusher. Let's do some things like that. Let's get a corner. Let's yeah, get some other people. Help. Their defense needs big-time help. Yeah. Flores covered so many yeah. fucking holes for their team last year. It's incredible. So, no, I would say extend Kirk because there's not many people out there that are better than Kirk and build the team around him, and I don't think the Vikings are far off. Like, we, like I said a lot during the year, the Vikings this year felt better than they were two years ago when they went to the playoffs. Nico Waco, 19, a wish for the commanders. Bring Kirk back. 
trade down and add some value in the draft. Yeah. Tackle, corner, edge, yeah. tight end. Yeah, I mean, listen, you know me. I am a, I am a build-the-team guy. We are a little bit in this phase right now of, oh, we get the quarterback, it'll fix everything. Uh, no, it won't. It, it won't. It, it doesn't fix everything. Like, look, look, look Chris, Chris Greer in Miami is going to lose his job because he's going to double down so hard on Tua and all that. All, you know, to make that work, and who knows, probably overpay him here with a contract, too, and do all that. Where, no, I'm just, I'm not a believer. Oh, we drafted the quarterback of the top five, and then we had to sign all these free agents and draft people to make sure the quarterback still looks pretty good or, and worthy of a top seven or eight pick. Um, I think with Washington, though, right, when it's specific to them, you know, it, it, there, there needs to be, I think, some hope for the franchise right now. And to me, that's where, you know, I'm not sure the quarterback, the play last year excites them that way. Right. Sam Howell, what he did. There's some things I like about him, and he has some starting caliber traits. There's no doubt about that. But am I sold he's a long-term starter or anything like that? No, I'm definitely not. The things I worried about with him coming out in the draft are the same things I worry about. You know, it's it's a slow release. There's no platform at no different platforms at all. It's the same throw, every throw, right? He can't flick it. Just and like shorten up his motion and throw the ball with touch that way sometimes. There's just things to me about his throwing that doesn't bring him to the next level or bring their offense to the next level. Now, I love his aggressiveness, his ability to throw the ball down the field and hang in the pocket. But again, hanging in the pocket and the aggressiveness were a lot of bad things this year, too. I would fully, I expect and want Washington to draft a quarterback. So there you go, Nico Waco. As much as I am all about, you know, build the team and do all that, you're a situation where I think the quarterback is needed. New owner, yeah. new GM, exactly. new head coach. Right. Going to be a new quarterback, I, second I, overall. I think so. To me, that's where the Raiders and Josh McDaniels made a mistake. Right. Tie that, it all together. You got you to bring it together. Where, where does the fan base have something to look forward to? Right. They got into a situation where like, wait, we're not playing good. We don't love how the, the coach is handling the press conferences. And wait, we don't have a fucking quarterback to look for in right. the future? And you're the quarterback guy, right? And that's where I feel for him, and I feel like that's where the front office there in Oak, uh, in Las Vegas kind of screwed over Josh McDaniels. A couple on the Lions, Jordan Cole, 11, Jalen Johnson to the Lions, Dustin Whitehead, Christian Wilkins, or Daniil Hunter to the Lions. Ooh. So, Chris, let me ask you this. Yeah. More important, help up front mm. or help on the back end of Gosh, corner? Gosh, that's a, that's a really good question. Man, they need both. There's no doubt about that. I would lean corner. I, I, I guess I would lean corner too. They really need it badly, right? They need another pass rusher other than Aiden Hutchinson though as well. Yep. I don't look – Christian Wilkins, it feels like he won't be in Miami. Yeah. I kind of was saying that throughout the year. And, you know, as much as he would help – he would help them, no doubt about it. They have big people in the middle. Right. I don't think that's a necessity for them. To me, it is the edge – or the corner. And I would say, yeah, the corner would be probably more the one I would lean towards. I would. Uh, Jalen Johnson is phenomenal. He is another one first. He was my first pro, all pro corner for sure. Daniil Hunter, you know, it's going to be interesting. Uh, what, what, i am be interested to see. Of course, he's super talented. <clears throat> he did have the neck thing a few years ago. Uh, had a really damn good year last year. I'll be interested to see what the price tag he That's expects to, to get there. And I would expect he wants something in the mid-20s or something like that. 
uh, which I think some teams are going to find very affordable for a guy like Daniel, Daniel Hunter. Yeah, so Brad Spielberger <laughs> from PFF, is he hits the nail on the head with projections. Yeah. He has the Neil Hunter getting – $21.67 million per year over three years with right. 40 of it guaranteed. Yeah. That's a that's a pass rusher yeah. contract. I, it makes sense. Yeah. It does. That so, does. But to answer that question, that, I'd go Jalen Johnson, right? right. <clears throat> um, but, yeah, that might be something. Hey, shit, they might be able to do both. Right. They might be able They're to. They're in it right now. They are in it They're right in now. It. <coughs> if, the Bears let, if the Bears let Jalen Johnson out. Which, which I don't it, think is going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. No. The Bears have a ton of cap space. He's been a great player for them. I think he's going to stay there. All I, right. would, I would agree. The Chargers, Charger Man 89, Malik Neighbors to the Chargers. They took Quentin Johnson last year. Not a good rookie season. Yeah. Really interesting cap crunch. Mike with, Williams coming off injury. And a big cap number. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Same be said for Keenan Allen. Right. I mean, I think pass catcher is right in play for the Chargers at five. Could be Brock Bowers, could be Malik Neighbors, could be Roma Dunze. I, this would be my personal favorite fit for Justin Herbert. They just don't have a guy like this. No. That's that explosive. I think he's closer to DJ Moore in terms of the type of player. Yeah. They don't have that kind of player. No, I hear you there. I, my question would be, I don't know if that's a Harbaugh move. Right? Good point. That like, would get be the my, Ferrari. Right. He's more... Build the foundation of the house. That that would be my yeah. only thing. Yeah. Like I hear you. Your the the points and their thoughts are I definitely go through my head. But I also look at them and go, on their football team, okay, the receiver's not the worst we just talked sure. about. You gotta hope Quentin Johnson develops, so they gotta hope that, right? You know, the Williams contract situation's interesting. Keenan Williams, you know, certainly uh still I mean Keenan Allen's still good to go. But I look at that as going, okay, yeah, I'd like them to upgrade there, but I don't think it's like a major you gotta need, have it. right? You it's got Justin fucking Herbert, yeah. right? You got a good offensive line, right? Those are two things I look at the Chargers and go, they're kind of okay. Quarterback, offensive line, and like, yeah, I'd like a little better receiver, but it's not bad. You know, I look at it and go, defensive tackle? Are they going to pay Joey Bosa again and do that? I mean, he hasn't really played much, really, ever since he signed his huge contract. Certainly hasn't performed to that capability, right? You look at that. You know, I think you can get into the corner conversation again with them. There's a lot of holes in that team. I don't corner see receiver sure. at five being a Jim Harbaugh type of move here. You know, I think it's going to be more about physicality, something along those lines. I don't know if there's a D tackle. Not That's a five. Not a five, right? That would be really so – I, I like tight Murphy end. And, and Newton, but not a five. Yeah, maybe the tight end goes there. Brock Bowers. They right. could trade out. All right, maybe they trade out. Right. Or maybe they're stuck, and then maybe, maybe it is Malik Neighbors. Maybe it is. Maybe they'll have no choice. But we'll see. Those are things we'll unpack as we go here. We'll start to get a little better feel for the value of the draft and where it's, the, you know, where it's to be had. We'll see where it goes. Don Michael has a wish for the Steelers. Yeah. Kenny Pickett's hands to grow an inch. Oh, well, they're not going to. Sorry. <laughs> Stretch right. them all you want. Stretch every them all massage. You, want. you know, again, I'm not, you know, Kenny Pickett, a, a little of the same things that you heard me say about um, uh, Sam Howell. That's the same worries I had coming out in the draft. There's still questions for me. You know, and again, I know I'm not always right about all these evaluations and all that, but I've been right about a lot of them. Pickett, one, you know my first initial thought. If you have to wear gloves, you can't really throw the football. I'm, I'm just sorry. It's it's really like pretty standard. Like the 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 if you can't feel like you can throw a spiral and drive the ball without throwing throwing a glove, yeah, I have issues with that. Right. But let alone the biggest problem that I think I had and you you probably had too is just hey top tier talent 
of Kenny Pickett. What is it that he does that's like that wow issue, or that you can build on? And that was my problem with him coming out in the draft, right? I know he played the position the well, but it was like you know, again, I get into that and go, well, the team and the system better be very good because he's not going to cover many holes with his physical ability. That's not going to happen, and they're they're stuck with that. And as I said late in the year, there was people there already. I'm going to say I brought it up on the pod or Florio in week 11 or 12. People wanted Mason Rudolph to be the starter then. So even before Pickett got hurt, there was conversations in that building about should we continue to start Kenny Pickett? Definitely. So we'll see where that goes. But, yeah, the Pittsburgh is one of the teams that's the wild card of the whole quarterback conversation and conundrum that goes on out there right now. But I don't think Pickett's going to be able to just – like it's not his job this year. you know. And I do think they're going to bring somebody in to make life interesting, make him compete, make him have to work for that job, whatever else. And if he doesn't play great the first four games and he is a starter, they got somebody they feel real confident to go to. That quarterback class feels like a good lesson to all of us that sometimes – quarterback class just doesn't have that no, guy no I mean Purdy's gonna end up the best quarterback out of the class yeah but and nobody thought of Purdy in that conversation at the time but it was like who's the there has to be a guy went through the Desmond Ritter arguments and the uh, I went to Corrales, Corral, and Corral. right and there just what there just wasn't a guy no at the end of the day the no. Steelers took one as the guy Corral I loved his talent I was like ooh, he plays small we had all these off the field things Malik Willis you went oh my gosh wow these plays every now and then but then you were like man Far these away. are 15 plays in a row that yes. aren't good right it was all pick it you were like hey it's oh okay he runs the offense and makes nice throws but he hasn't saved me me say wow or holy shit not one time right that you know so yeah it was a weird class you're right and that was a class where it added a lot of confusion to the first round for sure I should have learned from myself when describing Pickett that year I'd always say man I you hope he can become Derek Carr when you say that about a prospect, you should probably you know realize that it's the miss rate and the ceiling is right. extremely. Like this might have been before your time. If you saw Derek Carr play or really studied him when he came out of Fresno, because yeah. that was like early Bleacher Report. That was one right. of my first ones. I think I was. Still- that was my first quarterback thing where I yeah. said Derek Carr is fucking better than Teddy Bridgewater, Blake Bortles, and Johnny Menzel. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like that was that probably was, your first Bleacher that Report. That was my draft. first yeah, time ranking yet. quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That so like yeah, that and was look, my look now that, that was my first out. right yeah. I, I can still remember i had people gms in football going oh chris i think you're so wrong these top three quarterbacks are special it's going to be one two three off the board and i was like i wouldn't draft johnny menzel in the top three days what are you talking about like it's insane how that talk gets every now and then but yes he would kenny pickett was not as good as Derek carr no out, is no all I'm he, saying. yeah no but 100%. i know what you mean Your but point. you were hoping yes, like that's that what we're gonna that. get one right, day and right I don't know if right. we're getting that one day. All right, last one here. Pete, Pete believes this is from Florio's burner. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. Greg Jackson, my wish is for Sims to work a Wait, full week. Wait, what about week. the other Oh, you one. want the last one? Well, I mean, I, I, have, gotta, to, I have to explain this one. It, okay, good. Explain it because right. I need explaining. So <laughs> Pete was very worried, but I'm just going to read it anyway. <laughs> okay, read it. All right, this is from Joel M3. Right. My genie wish would be an upgraded quarterback for the Steelers. We just went through all that. One question for Sims. Chris, are you a full-blown sex addict? <laughs> and then he put in parentheses, Connor knows. Connor knows. So I'll, I'll explain this. Yeah. My draft podcast yeah. that I do at PFF is right. called The Stock Exchange. Right. So the people that listen to it <laughs> needed a nickname for oh. it. So they abbreviated gotcha. Stock Exchange. Right. 
with the S and the right, EX. Right. So they call themselves the Sex Addicts. Okay. I am. It's a good nickname. I am. Then I am both sex addicts. There you go. Both of them. Yes. The real one <laughs> and the stock exchange. There we go. Kind of Roger style. It's, definitely. It, definitely. it fits our show very well. Yeah. I. Uh, yeah. I mean, yes. You know, I like sex though. I do like <laughs> sex. Real sex. You heard it here. Sims, full blown sex addict. The last one from Greg Jackson, or according to Pete, could be Florio. My wish is for Sims to work a full week on. Oh, uh, how dare you! Will fucking pay me that extra day, Greg. <laughs> Greg, we'll get you, you know, I'll work that extra day. You fucking pay it for me, man. What happened? You actually took a Come day on. off? Well, no, like, you know, this time of the oh. year I go four days a yes. week. Yes, you right? don't do the Fridays. Right. Right, yes, so yes. So we have four days, you know, four days. This week I'll go Tuesday through Friday. I didn't do today. Well, you also do uh, Sunday night football. I, well, so you do yeah. work a full week. I, well, during the season. But this yes. time of the year I don't, okay. right? So I get a lot of shit and they give me crap and they got a little graphic they play on the show with me oh. in, the, in the hammock and a pina colada and hanging out living. Is a personal. good life, right? Right, but as you know, now yeah, these these three day weekends will not be three day weekends because the draft eval you will cons- no it will consume my life. No weekend, it will. It will consume my life when we get back from the combine, and here we go. And I'm excited for it. Uh, it's going to be awesome, but I don't know yet. We'll see. We'll see if cheap ass Florio Greg Jackson <laughs> will pay me that extra day. I'm down, but Florio's fucking cheap. He's cheap, so I don't know if that's going to happen. <laughs> You know, that's why he lives in the middle of nowhere, West Virginia. I, I don't know. That's where he, he doesn't want to pay for anything, right? I mean, he, you know, you, you haven't heard, you know, Howie Roseman made fun of his clothes last year because he doesn't oh, want to pay for new pants or shirts. Combine? Right, he did. He was like, what are you wearing? <laughs> right? That's brutal. He had these big, like, construction khakis on. Right. And like Howie Rosen was like, what are you, 17? Like, oh, what are you? Yes. Right. So he shamed Florio into buying a few clothes for himself. I was going to say this week, you're going to be together at the combine. Yeah. Sitting together. Oh, we're going to evaluate him for sure. I was sure. going to say, now he knows. And Howie's definitely going to. I'm going to be like, Howie. 100%. Tell me what you think of this guy over Your here. improvement. Right. Oh, man. All right. Last thing out the door yes. before we go. I had no idea this was coming. I did not know this. But the legend, Peter King, retiring. Football morning in America, right? All the years, all the great coverage, 40 years in the business. I mean, I grew up with Peter King. Backseat in the car, right? On the way, I think we were going Cleveland to Pittsburgh here. Training it's got to be camp, training camp. Right? Yeah. This car was great. It's four years ago. We had a great, like, you know, podcast, uh, just sitting in the backseat. The beauty of this, you know, one, when you sit next to Peter, you better ready your some burps and some <laughs> like some old stuff, old man stuff like that. You got to be ready for that. Right. The other thing is the fucker didn't press record for the first 30 minutes of the podcast. All right. So we are like 30 minutes into the podcast and all of a sudden I hear, oh, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. And he's like, oh. Oh, no, I think my elbow hit the record button. So we weren't even recording. We had to start it all over. Speaking to nothing. Right. Yes. Speaking uh, to nothing. So another 30 seat. minutes in the car with the birds. We had a long ride, gargles. so we made it work. We That's made it work. That's amazing. But, I mean, a legend of the sport. Yeah, a legend a of the sport. Longtime writer and everything he's when done. When I was little, sport. he was following the Giants. I mean, and my dad, he was at my house when I was six or seven years old. I mean, I've known Peter for a long time. Peter, legend, congratulations to you. Well deserved retirement. Um, and you know, hopefully, maybe we'll get Peter on the pod one time and get some good stories about his 40 years in the NFL and all the things he's seen. It's pretty unbelievable. But congrats, Peter, you the man. Um, all right, everybody, you know where to find us, Connor. 
Appreciate it as always. A blast. Always. Thank you for Love updating me. Now I'll feel a little bit better talking oh, to some of these prospects awesome. this week. Yeah. I'll have a little feel for them. Uh, we'll, we'll continue. You know what we're going to do. Free agency draft. We're going to continue to dig in, send questions, whatever else you want me to evaluate. That's what the time of the year it is. That's where we're going. Find me and Florio at the Combine all week. You'll see us on Peacock. Peacock. Again, uh, subscribe, rate, review. You know, we're fucking back. Here we go. It's off-season football. The NFL, it never ends, baby. Connor, you the man. Hell yeah, dude. All right, everybody, be good. You know where to find us. Check us out at PFT, too. All right, clap it up. Friday. Friday. It's almost like whoever named Friday knew it should be celebrated with free fries. Free fries Friday at McDonald's. Get a free medium fries with any purchase of a dollar or more on the McDonald's app. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Offer valid through 930 to participate in McDonald's excludes tax. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.